How's it going, everybody? My name is Austin, and you can find my stuff at apostlesaddict.com, and that's the Christ-centered clothing line that we will be doing the raffle with as well. Um, Social-wise, right now, all you can find for me is going to be on Faithful Dialogue, so you can catch me right here, and I am with my good friend, Ryan. Hey, everybody. My name is Ryan, and you can find all of my personal stuff over at AIIW.org. Uh, I actually have that wrong on my own screen. Um, so it's AIIW.org. And uh, yeah, so thank you for joining us today. We have another wonderful episode. I think this is going to be our ninth uh, for June 18th. And uh, what do we got on tap for today, Austin? Today, because it's Father's Day, I think it's uh, going to be a good idea that we just talk about, you know, fatherhood and just your dads in general. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I'm uh, I'm personally I'm very thankful uh, for my father. I had a, a wonderful example growing up as a kid. Uh, so here, let me uh, pull up a picture of him. But uh, my dad was basically Ned Flanders. <laughs> um, and so I like, uh, the, I like the visual you just gave my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can you see my uh, let me see if I can switch over here so that the viewers can see that's my father nice <laughs> um is that tilapia what is he holding uh, up there uh that's a, it's a joke um because oh, okay. he, he was a big fisherman and i think that's one of those like talking uh wall mounted fish that somebody oh, wrapped nice. and it was a it was a joke probably at like a church event uh but i just i, I use this picture on my timeline today on my own twitter uh, just because it's such a good example of, of who he was as a, as a person. Like I said, he literally was the embodiment of Ned Flanders, like all the good parts of him, including the mustache. Um, and, uh, you know, he was just a, a wonderful and kind man. And unfortunately he, uh, he tied his battle with cancer, um, back uh, in, uh, kind 20, of did he, have? He, he had a melanoma, so a skin cancer that uh, oh. ultimately spread to a bunch of his organs including his brain unfortunately so that was tough it was like like on his arm or like do you know where uh, that was i believe uh the first the first part the first amount of it that he knew of was in his like thigh oh. uh but i'm not sure if that's exactly where it started or not i can't remember this was uh, about a decade ago that he he passed away oh, i'm sorry to hear that man yeah, you know, that happens, that's life. Uh I'm I'm so incredibly blessed uh that he was a man of faith and just a, a wonderful hey, Christian. You the Lord, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I I've been blessed to be in church almost, you know, every Sunday of my life. Because, uh, you know, he started it off that way and, and him and my mom and just their faithfulness has been a huge blessing in my life. And so, you know, it's it's sad that he's gone. Um but I can be very thankful to God and, and I can be more appreciative of God and, and what he is to everybody because of the example that, that my earthly dad set for me. And it's just, you know, and one of the, one of the best memories of my life as sad as it was, was seeing his funeral and just the hundreds of people that showed up and had just been impacted by his life that I didn't even know, you know, he, he went off and he was at work, you know, from nine to five and, I didn't get to see that part of his life at all, but, you know, to see those people from his office that came out that had such a huge impact just from him being a kind and compassionate, you know, faithful Christian man, it was beautiful. It was, it was a, a beautiful thing to see. 
Yeah, you you get to see the legacy that he left behind being, you know, a loving Christian and it has an impact. You you saw how how effective he was being, you know, a light on earth and the salt of the earth, you know what I mean? Cuz he had many people that had some that felt some type of way when he left including you, you know. Yep. So, so that was my dad Richard. Uh very thankful for him and uh, I'm excited I'll get to see him again someday. Uh but one of the things that brings us to is is you know father did you want to say anything did you have anything to say or sorry i don't want to get into kind of a discussion on father's Day. i might have jumped the gun on that oh um what do you mean you know i uh, was just you're you know did you uh so i kind of talked about my dad i don't know if you wanted to say anything or uh so, uh, <laughs> so my dad um didn't have a very prominent place in my life i would have liked that to be the case um growing up without you know having a male role model was tough but then my mom's dad richard actually filled that that vacancy wow. and a lot of a lot of my um a lot of my morals and values come from from him and uh i'm gonna have to like breathe as i'm talking about <laughs> this because i can't wait to see him again he was a christian mm-hmm Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm really, I'm really excited. Does uh, did does that uh, you had a pretty big change with with your uh, name? Is that is that factored into that at all? Yeah. So, my mom's dad's last name was Itura, and my my dad's last name was Caswell, and so my dad um changed my last name to Caswell through some kind of like court ordered kind of thing mm. and uh it just i don't know so my dad had like four or five brothers or like i don't know he was just there's tons of dudes on like in the caswell family and then those dudes had a bunch of sons so like males were just flowing in that family <laughs> and then on the itura side there wasn't a whole lot of males and so effectively i was the only heir that came out of um my grandpa because he had um two females an adopted female and then a son who had two daughters mm. and so i'm like the only male that came out of that and he was just really stoked to, to find out that he had someone that would carry on his name and when i was like 11 or 12 he was like hey um it's your choice totally up to you but i'd be really like happy if you would take my name and i was like okay and i like you know i just like marinated on that for a while and then i became an adult and i'm you know getting to the point where i'm thinking about kids and like now i'm like yeah that's starting to make sense and he was the one that imbued his time and money and effort and values into me and was kind of the father to me and the way i'm looking at it too is like my dad never honored my mom and married her so mm. like i don't i don't want you know i'm not like i'm i'm still going to honor my father like I'm still going to seek out a relationship with him somehow, some way, but like, I don't think my last name is, especially since he has a bunch of heirs on yeah. his side of the family. Um, like he had a son named Troy. Um, Troy had a son named Cole and Cole's an adult now. And so mm. I hope, I hope that Cole has some sons too. And that just, that bloodline just going. And yeah. so like right now I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm the last <laughs> thing for the Itera name. And so 
I, I just feel like I should uh, take that name because he asked me and because it's fitting that I'm the only male heir. And I just want that bloodline to continue. And even if I don't take the name, of course, it continues anyway. But I just want to do that out of like to honor him in that way. You know, yeah, that, yeah, that's what I <laughs> that's what uh, I have. <laughs> that's beautiful. And, you know, I, I hadn't heard that full explanation. I, I didn't realize that at one point at, earlier in your life, your name had been, you said, Itura before. Um, um, so my mom married my sister's dad, mm -hmm. whose last name was Alvarez. So when uh, I was born, okay. my mom, my mom wrote on my birth certificate, Alvarez, and she did that out gotcha. of fam family unity. She just didn't want anybody to have a different last name. Yeah. Okay. Her actual maiden name is Itura. And so her father, it was Itura, right? So Sorry, got it. Sorry about that. I didn't realize. Yeah. So there's another I layer heard. I didn't explain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. I uh, uh, I didn't know. So, uh, but yeah, that's just a beautiful story, and and I'm I'm glad that you get to honor the man that did kind of step up and and take that role of of a fatherly figure in your life, and you know even if other people didn't ever have a father in their life, they uh you know you can accept Jesus Christ as as your savior, and through that relationship, you get to have a father, right? And so. That's yeah. that's why we're both doing this kind of just to kind of wrap it around back into our faithful dialogues is, you know, even though I don't have my dad here on earth anymore, I have the, the hope and the security that I'm going to get to be with him again and see him in heaven, you know, and um, that's that's what we want for everybody. We want everybody to have that hope and that security for themselves and hopefully for their family as well. Um, that's why it's so important so important if you're if you recently became a christian or if you've been a christian for years like if you meet somebody that you care about or god puts it on your heart to like preach the gospel to them like you you should do it like respond because like you're gonna see those people in eternity and you're gonna be existing with them forever and like especially your family like you can make that's your first ministry right there don't go preaching to the homeless if you don't preach to your kids and your cousins and your nephews first right like yep. talk to your family you're, you're the closest thing to them right so absolutely well and and you know the the graphic that's up on the screen there's a, a twitter account that i follow called smash balls <laughs> uh, i really like that account they do a great job if you're on twitter i'd recommend going and following them um but the graphic what it what it shows is you know who who comes first in the family to christ so if a child comes to Christ first in the family, there is a 3.5% chance, so 3.5 times out of 100, the rest of that family is going to come to Christ. The mom, the siblings, and ultimately the the, the dad, right? Uh, if the mother comes to Christ first, there is a 17% chance that she's going to bring her kids and the dad along with her. But uh, what we see in this in this statistic right here is that there is a 93% chance that if the man comes to Christ, he brings along his wife and his children with him. And what this shows is, is just how important fathers are. And in my opinion, I think a lot of times in our culture today, we massively uh, disregard or underestimate the importance that a father has in a person's life, in the family's life. Okay. And just the impact that the faithfulness of a father can have on his children, on his wife, and on the community around him. And so that's that's one of the things that I got to see was the faithfulness that, that my dad had and, and it, you know, using the time that God gave him wisely to 
uh, prepare for my mother's future. Uh, she's well taken care of because of the the things that he did to take care of her. Uh, you know, I've been taken care of by him in, in so many ways. And, you know, men are just an incredibly important part of our society that sitcoms and everything else just belittle and try to minimize. And my opinion uh, is that there are a lot of forces in this world that are working to degrade uh, the, stro the strong nuclear family because of how easy it is to then prey on people and get them to go and do horribly ungodly things, especially in our society in America. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. There's a there's a battle for your soul, and um, you <laughs> you are choosing a side. If you don't choose a side, Jesus said, "If you're not with me, you're against me." So you got to understand that there's the lover of your soul is knocking at your heart, saying, "I will prepare a place for you. Just put your faith in me." <laughs> Amen. Um, I, I think the other thing we should take heart to, if, if you are a father or you are a man in your family, uh, what I would suggest is that you take a look at this statistic and take it to heart. Because it isn't just true of Christianity. This is true of every good thing that your family should be doing or every bad thing that your family is doing. The man is generally the one that leads you down that road. Okay, And so as a man in your family, you have a lot of influence as to where the the women and the children in your family go and what path that they take okay so what we as men need to understand is that we have that responsibility and that even if you're already in a christian household if you're the man and you're you're you know you're sitting in front of your tv and swearing at it all day that that's going to have consequences for your wife and for your kids and the choices that they ultimately end up making and and what they end up doing okay you just permitted that type of behavior because of mm -hmm. your actions you are ultimately leading your family whether you realize it or not exactly so everything you do is a, is now permissible everything you don't do is now a standard so it's 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 tricky mm -hmm. yep it's a it's a huge burden and it's a responsibility that that should be shouldn't be taken lightly, but should be taken joyfully and and with a, a lot of humility and with a lot of prayer. Right? You know, I, I if you're a father, I'll be praying for you today. Um, I, I hope that you do your do your best to raise your child uh, in the ways that God has for them to go. So, honestly, like you're, I I just look at it like I want to have kids. So the my, the mentality that I have is that my future kids and my wife are are gonna look up to me. They're looking at me. God, even God, Jesus Himself, they're they're all looking at me to to like set an example and actually be a man of God. And so, mm -hmm. I can I can sleep sound at night if I'm leaning on God because ultimately, if my family's leaning on me, they're just leaning on Jesus vicariously through me. So that's that's how I I I plan to operate in that situation. Because Absolutely. I, yep. <laughs> And that's that's the way you should look at it is hopefully if they're leaning on you and, and you're leaning on God, then they're vicariously leaning on God, too. Right. And that's and that's how it's set up. Right. So we're supposed to submit ourselves to Christ or if we have wives. So you have a wife. She's supposed to submit herself to you. Right. And then the children are supposed to submit themselves to their parents as well. And so if that's all happening properly, and if the man's properly pointed at Christ and submitting himself to, to him, then the whole rest of the family is going to fall in line, and there's going to be a, a much more harmonious uh, life for everybody in that family. And everybody everybody's going to prosper when the, when the man starts it off and sets that as the standard, like you were saying. Yeah. You just... The...
the the man is you know traditionally the head of the household and that holds a whole lot of mm-hmm. responsibility um you, you could say power and and cue the the spider-man <laughs> line right but it's i, I don't know but you, you should just embrace it and just know that beautiful people like your wife and kids are looking at you and you can just you know, fulfill that role of I'm going to be responsible and take care of them and make sure everything is done. And it's not it's not a, like a, something like I was kind of intimidated by that at first. Mm-hmm. But now I'm just now I'm just about it. Now I'm just like so excited to be that for her and my future kids that I don't have yet. <laughs> That's awesome. And. Of course, you know, it is incredibly intimidating, right? It's a it's a responsibility that a lot of boys and and some men want to shirk and want to think not not want to think about. But, you know, it's it's incredibly important for our society. And the reason why we are seeing the societal societal decay that we see today is because it started with men abdicating their roles and, and not taking their their roles seriously and being afraid of it. And so we need to face it head on and we need to go forward with the the strength that that Christ is going to give us to be the best fathers that we can be. Hopefully if you're a Christian, right? That's the goal. Yeah, you can also have like a little conscious of fun with your conscience like if <clears throat> if you're not sure about stuff, you could just but like think of an action you are doing or not doing and just, you know, a man does this should should a man do this and then your conscience will just let you know no a man shouldn't do this or a man should do this and hopefully that'll start to like let you know like i should be taking responsibility here i shouldn't be doing these types of things should a man do this like and just understand that you're like you're supposed to be the disciplined one that dies to self for your family that's basically what a man is so like shouldn't be this uh, doted on person that everybody submits their authority to like i mean it's hard to talk about (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's complicated but uh definitely we uh were very happy for our you know i'm i'm happy that my father existed and that that you know that he did so many wonderful things especially uh you know raising me um i'm glad that your father did what he had to do to get you to exist i'm sorry that he didn't quite live up to what you need you wanted him to do elsewhere but you know that's still i'm still excited uh to seek out some kind of relationship with him um my yeah. parents had me a little bit later in age so they're a little bit older but um i i want to i want to seek him out i want to show him that i'm a carbon copy of him literally i'm <laughs> this only kid that looks exactly like him when he was like 20 <laughs> something right so it's it, it's just interesting dude i'm gonna i know exactly where he lives i'm gonna knock on his door and i'm gonna be like hey who am I? And then he is, I wonder what his reaction is going to be because I I, <laughs> I look exactly like him. It's so crazy. <laughs> Everything, my facial hair, all of it. Yeah. So it's just, um, and I don't, I don't want to. One of those things too is like, there's so much things that happened when I was younger I didn't like, and I just want to shove all that aside, forgive it all, and just move on. Like I just really want to like have a fresh relationship. Don't want to talk about the past. I just want to have a my dad as my friend. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't yep. want to like don't want to talk about any of that stuff like it's well, just and, gonna bring up issues right and for for my friends that have that know that have relationships with their parents but they aren't good that's what i always say is just like you're an adult now they're an adult like you're more on an equal footing than you've ever been at this point if you're not willing to forgive him for what your dad may have done in the past it's it's on you to figure out how to forgive him for that right 
and then yeah. fi- and then to work with him to fix that relationship, right? Like you're in a, you're both adults. You don't have to be screaming and yelling at each other. You can you can talk about things rationally. You just need to work at it, right? So yeah. and and I'm I'm so very blessed. My my dad was my best friend growing up. Like I I couldn't possibly have had a better 22 years with him than I did. So it's it, it, it I, I'm blessed to have had that, and I'm glad that I have that example, and I hope that I get to pass that on to a son someday. So that's uh, yeah. all right. Happy Father's Day to everybody. If you're a yeah, father, uh, leave a comment. If you have anything you want us to pray about, if you have something that you're, uh, you know, you're worried about or you're concerned about, or if there's, you know, something that uh, the big We're decision that you got to make, uh, so you can reach us uh, anywhere in any of the chats on the different streams. So we're actually today. Uh, we kind of jumped into it without talking about it, but today we are streaming on five different services. Uh, we're on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Kick. So uh, we got five. We mostly different... wing it here on Faithful yep. Dialogues, <laughs> <laughs> but do our best to make it look like we aren't. <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, yeah. We um, look like we know what we're doing, but that's that's all that you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so you can reach us in any of the, any of the chats over there, uh, comment on any of our videos, or uh, if you want to uh, email us, you can email us at uh, faithfuldialogues.com. And I just remembered that there's actually a phone number that, uh, that you can text. Let me see if I can pull that up. While you're pulling that up, okay, um, a couple you. of things that we've got coming up. Uh, so I have a very, very good friend. Um, he shall remain, um, by his online handle until he wants to say his name. Cause I don't know if he wants to say his name, but his name is lemons and he, I I've known him for quite a long time and we both kind of came to Christ. I, I think within the same year or within like a six month period. And it was interesting cause he hits me up out of the blue and he's like, yo, I just wanted to let you know, um, I gave my life to Christ and yeah, that's what I, that's what I got going on for me. And he had a couple of his friends kind of stop talking to him. And it, he was like really happy when I was just happy. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Me me and uh, my, my fiance, we came to Christ. Like, that's crazy that you hit me up out of nowhere. Like, I was like, because I was in this stage where I was trying to preach the gospel to people so they would come to Christ. And he hits me up like, I'm already at Christ. And it was so nice. I was like, yes. Like, that's awesome. It was, it was it was just a place to rejoice, right? And so he's got his testimony on tap for us next week. And then coming up, we've got um, um, a 4th of July uh, special with our... That's that's going on on stream. I don't know if you... Yes. Oh, oh you're going to... Yeah, you're going to... So, okay. um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm working on it. Sorry. On the fly editing. Don't worry. I'm just going to talk right through it. So, yeah. Um, we've got our our good friend Christian, who has very good undeconstructed knowledge of our founding fathers, and this nation is great. We um, there's a lot of educational outlets that'll tell you that this country is evil and wicked because they themselves are getting this information from their sources, and you can't really like blame them, unfortunately. And then they then they adopt these ideologies. And they think themselves that America's evil and we're just so unique. We're just so different. And we've made our mistakes just like every other country, but we're just different. And like, I don't know this, uh, I, I, I truly love this country. And so we've got, we've got a, a good friend, Christian, who has a lot of knowledge about how this country was founded 
and the religious views of the founding fathers and how it all kind of ties in and it all kind of sets a narrative and a story and it's really really cool you don't really hear this kind of stuff in like colleges and stuff maybe maybe ones that aren't trying to like deceive you but uh so that's what we got going on um uh next or well for the fourth of july that's what we're going on for the fourth of july and then also Um, ryan ryan doesn't know this but i'm letting him (laughs) know right now on stream so I'm setting up my own YouTube channel that you do know about, but um, I have a friend who, on Discord who's in the Marine Corps, so I think it'd be really, really cool. And he's actually, he has a dad that's a pastor, don't know what his denomination is or anything like that, but he um, he's not a Christian, and that's totally fine, because I, I, I just want to interview him as a Marine and just ask him stuff as a Marine. What do you, what do you think about having him on Faithful Dialogues and just talking to him on that? Sure. That kind of um. Yeah. Uh, I'm down to. I'm down to uh, interview him and stuff. Uh. Well. Uh. Yeah. That sounds like an interesting plan. Cool. So. Um. I've I've already preached the gospel to him, and so has Sky. So it's he 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 knows. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's um. Generally, I'm just kind of thinking we can talk about um the military one day and something regarding you know the defense of this country and how honorable it is to. Um, the, the greatest love is to lay down your life for um, the mm-hmm. ones that you love. And so you, when you're um, somebody who's in the service, you're doing that. So thank you for everybody who's in the service and what, everything that you've done for this country. I love this country, so I, I, I definitely appreciate and respect everybody who puts any amount of time into anything that has to do with, like, the National Guard, the Army, the Marines, all of it, Navy, right, Air Force. I don't. Uh, if I didn't name your branch, it's because I don't know about it and I'm ignorant. <laughs> so, I, I'm sorry. I 100% respect and have absolute, uh, you know, thankfulness for all the men and the women who have laid their lives down faithfully defending our Constitution. And for anybody in in service who isn't doing that, you need to reevaluate your life. You need to be we, faithfully. We should also on that day um, read the uh, Declaration of Independence and what our Constitution is. Maybe a couple different amendments. It'd be cool to just to go over the founding documents of yeah. our country, mm-hmm. and maybe even because we're from California, maybe even look at the California Constitution and how that ties into the federal Constitution. <laughs> yeah, just different I... stuff. That'd be a, that'd be a cool day. So if you have <laughs> any questions relating to our government, uh, Christian, our friend, uh, he knows all about the founding of this country. I've got a degree in political science, so I can answer it from more of a technical point of view. Uh, He's the brain of this podcast, as, yeah. As to how it works today, so just give us any any America related questions. Well, we got your bases covered uh, in the next couple weeks with the uh, the people that we're going to be having on and talking about that kind of stuff. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So just send us your your questions or your comments. Uh, you can text us at eight three three two six two six four three one. Uh, that's a service that I signed us up for where it's, it's kind of more for churches, but, uh, what I, this purpose, right? Yeah. And so you can text us questions that you have. You can text us prayer requests that you might have. Uh, you know, if you just want to talk to somebody, just send us a text over there. We'll get back to you. And, uh, you know, we just ask that you please be respectful. Uh, we don't, we're not going to, you know, deal with people that are trolling us or anything like that, but 
if you've if got you're something. seriously upset too like if you're like we really made you upset um you can channel that into respect mm -hmm. right yes. and you can just phrase your question into hey i really didn't appreciate you guys saying this um can you clarify what you mean by that and why you believe that because i totally disagree i think it's wrong like you can totally just disagree with us just make sure it's respectable because if it's hateful mm -hmm. we're just gonna ignore it you, know? <laughs> you can't expect us to like bring it on and give it time right exactly so. and I ask anyone if I say anything that you think isn't scriptural or isn't backed by the word of God, please call me out for it. I don't want to be saying stuff that that yeah, isn't the truth. Want to be accurate. I want to be accurate and uh, and any of the anywhere that you want to, please respectfully just point out what we got wrong. If you want to make a clip of it, that would be even better. Um, yeah, make it short <laughs> and we'll uh, react to it. We'll react to it. We'll fix it. You know, if, if there needs to be any fixing, we'll clarify if we need to clarify. Or if you're if you're wrong and we think you're wrong, we'll point that out and we'll explain to you why. Okay, so that's that's what we do here. We have dialogues. It's mostly between me and Austin, but we also want to have a conversation with you guys as well and open it up to you to you know interacting with us. However, you want to do that. So uh, I'm just I'm real excited that we get to do this. So it's you know more and better every week. Uh, so please just reach out to us, and you can text us 833-262-6431. All right, and Ryan also got us set up with something called Restream.io. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Ryan? Yeah, so that's how we are able to broadcast on all of those different streams all at once. So uh, for Twitch, for Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, there should be an integrated chat system. Uh, I believe that's on the bottom right hand of our screen at the moment. I'm not 100% sure if it's working. So if somebody's listening, if you want to test that out for us, that would be hugely helpful. Uh, but theoretically, if you're on one of those four platforms, unfortunately, Kick doesn't work yet. But if you're on one of the four other ones that I mentioned, you should be able to chat in that stream. And then it'll show up in all the other ones as well. We're coming for you, Kick. We're coming. <laughs> well, Kick's a, Kick's a newer a newer platform, uh, so they just haven't quite gotten all that stuff integrated yet. I'm sure that the goal is on Kick's end to be able to have that happen. Uh, but Kick's a, a new platform. They actually just signed the biggest streamer in the world. His name's XQC. Uh, so I that's why full -time we're full-time quit my job. <laughs> Give me a deal. I will full-time quit my job. Oh my. So, uh, you know, actually I want to do a little disclaimer right now, since we are talking about kick, my understanding is kick.com. The majority shareholder or stakeholder in that operation is a person that also owns a gambling website. And so one of the big things on kick is that like, is gambling, is that like a bad yeah. Sorry, I, I don't know why I kicked you off. All right. No, that's okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so uh, I just want to say that, especially if you're addicted to gambling, uh, you can find uh, peace in that and from that in Jesus Christ. He can heal you from that kind of an addiction if you put your faith and your trust in Him, and uh, that if it's if it's impacting your ability to pay your bills or to do anything provide that for your family. You, to provide for your family, to be a responsible adult. Gambling is absolutely a major sin. Okay. If you go and you buy a single $5 scratcher once a week, probably not a big deal. I'm not going to so, say that that's necessarily sinful. Okay. If you want to come at me and say that, that it is, please provide a verse and some context for that. But uh, my understanding is if you want to spend five bucks a week, you know, something small and reasonable that you can afford, it might be within your uh, freedom to do that. 
but if it's at all affecting or impacting your ability to be to meet your responsibilities or to be the the man that you need to be for your family or the woman that you need to be for your family gambling is an absolute problem and that would be a complete sin it's just like it's just like alcohol if you do too much alcohol if you take it and put it in the wrong place in your life then it's a problem so I just want to say, so like my um, my wife's family lives in Las Vegas, like literally Las Vegas, and that's where she grew up. She lived in North Las Vegas her whole life, and so when I go to visit her brother or her mom now, they went. They last time I went to go visit her, they bought us dinner and asked us to come to a casino to have um, a buffet because um, COVID kind of wiped out all the buffets, um, like communal eating in general, mm -hmm. and like and. Uh, so they were like, so there's a couple different buffets. We will pay for you. Come out. And it was like her mom's birthday. Right. And so we went out and there <laughs> I was telling her, I was like, yo, so I was at a casino one time and my friend like put like 20 bucks in a machine max bet and it got like 70 bucks out of it. I was like, do you want to try? And she was like, yeah, sure. And so I went up to an ATM. I took 20 bucks out. Right. It mm -hmm. cost me seven dollars to take twenty dollars out. <laughs> all right, and then I went up to one machine, um, put in twenty bucks, max bet, slapped it. Okay, it was twelve dollars. Lost my money. Uh, a cashed out voucher. Went to another machine, put it in that eight bucks, max bet, lost it. And I was like, well, that was fun gambling. And then that was it. <laughs> that was that was kind of me. And but I think it's interesting because like it's 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 kind of fun and like it's not like if you man anything in very incremental moderation can be fun especially if you don't abuse it like if you're not somebody that cares about gambling and it's just something you can like hey throw a 20 dollar bill at and it's just kind yeah. of fun things light up and you, the sounds go boop, 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 and like <laughs> you know yeah i don't know so again there's a, a sinful excess to everything but in this instance with gambling i do think that there is a way that you can do it in moderation extreme moderation i'm not saying you know hundreds of dollars right so me and uh, you can have poker night and it's not sinful that is my opinion uh, okay. i i i haven't I, found anything you. in the bible that would contradict that in fact there's a, p a few places where it even says that god is the god of the lot uh where um you've there's What's a, a few, lot uh, it's gambling it's rolling dice basically oh because i've heard cast your lot Yes, Where they cast lots. Yes, and so one of the places that gambling shows up is at the death of Christ. The Roman soldiers gambled uh, for who would ultimately receive his tunic. So that's one place. Uh, that's not a good. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna get to that. Uh, so that's not a good place of where gambling was. But uh, and I wouldn't call this gambling. I don't, we don't know exactly what it was, but we think that it was some kind of a random, uh, not number generator, but a randomness generator. Uh, were these two objects that the ancient Israelites had called the Umim and the Thermim, Thumim, Thumim, Umim and Thumim, it's weird words. Um, and so they used that to determine what God wanted them to do in very specific instances. And so because of that, there's a verse in the Bible that says that God is the God of the lot. And so one of the things that the Bible teaches is that randomness isn't a thing. The things that happen are because of the way that god designed the world and so you know if you win the lottery that's because that's what that's what god had for you for that day right and so you know I, good and perfect again comes from the lord not saying to go gamble please don't if it's an issue for you please don't gamble it's don't, a stumbling block for you stumbling block exactly. uh, and so 
the only thing we'll say here after this is not to gamble. Uh, I just wanted to kind of put that out there since we are streaming there today. Uh, if, like I said, if you are a gambler, there is salvation for you. You're not, you know, hor you're not some horrible wretch any worse than anybody else. Um, and that you can come to Christ and, and find salvation in him. And he's the surest bet you can make. <laughs> hey, hey, man, that was a, that was, I like what you did there. <laughs> All right. So we got that out of the way. Our little anti-gambling PSA. Um, what, uh, what, what else we got for today? Awesome. We roll into, um, we're going to talk about different aspects of why fatherhood is so important. And oh, okay. I am the perfect person to talk about. Like, you remember how we had that science episode where I was like, uh, how does Christianity and science come together? And that's mm -hmm. like you. So, um, uh, aspects of why uh, fatherhood is important. Um, my dad wasn't in my life and I'm not trying to like say that to get any kind of sympathy, but there was a lot of things that I kind of had to take a lot longer to learn than I would say you did because your dad was just right there to kind of like speed mm -hmm. you through it. And so like, uh, you actually got to look at another man and then emulate, emulate that man. I, I did not have that. So I, so unfortunately that meant I had to look at other masculine boys at school and try to emulate them and or other faculty at school like actual well, adults and emulate them like or you know stuff like that well and that's I mean? sorry can i make a little side comment right now that's yeah, one absolutely. of the biggest that's one of the biggest problems with our schooling system so if you look at how education worked before 1900 you were in if there was a classroom it was a group of children from the community and it was all different ages okay so what you said right there was you didn't have a dad, so you had to copy the other children at your school. Well, the other children at your school are the same age as you, okay? They have the same level of maturity that you have, and so you're looking at other people that are just as equally flawed as you. What, yeah. what, you, would, what you would have gotten if it was before 1900 is you would have been in the community. You would have either been with a bunch of different aged boys where you would have had older boys to look at and to see what they were doing at a, with a little bit more maturity. But the other thing is you would have also been put into an apprenticeship program where you were working with men in the professional community, learning how to uh, do useful yeah. skills. And so our, nice. so like as bad as it would still be to not have a father, there would have been not programs, but the, the way the community was designed was healthier for you to get all of that role modeling still done. Does that make sense? So you yeah. got extra left behind because of how whack and upside down our society is. And, and because of artificial constraints that we've put on children and on our community by slotting them into grade levels. Okay, so it might seem like the most normal thing in the world. We all went to... Uh, to school that was divided up by age. Our parents all went to school divided up by age. Then you Even see these homeschools, and then they're all like lumped together. And mm -hmm. how they socialize, man, these young kids get their their social like how social they are and how emotionally their how their emotional intelligence just skyrockets because they're like this eight year old hanging out with a twelve year old, and so the twelve year olds trying to be like, dude, stop, don't do that. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, oh. <laughs> like, they're like. But what people don't but what people don't understand is that's great for the eight year old. It's wonderful for the twelve year old. Okay. So he gets the, the model being yes, a good man so, to the So there's there's you know. two things. They get to see all the little kids being dumb and how dumb they are. 
So then they realize, oh, I shouldn't be dumb like that anymore. I'm not a little kid. So they, they start cutting out their little kid behaviors, okay? The number two, they're teaching that kid. So when you're learning something, the final step to really mastering anything is teaching it to somebody else, okay? And so you don't truly understand and know a concept until you're capable of and likely have already passed it on to someone else. And so that's what we're missing in the educational system that we have is we have all of these these people that learn all this stuff, but they never they never do the final step of teaching it to somebody else. Instead, that final step's replaced with a test where they just dump all that knowledge on a page and then forget it, right? So, like, the final step of actual education is to teach it to someone else, to teach it to someone younger than you. And then they're going to ask you all the questions that you don't have the answers to, and you're going to have to go figure out why the, you know how to answer their questions. So it's if you go and you look at how... God designed actual human families, actual human communities, and the way that we have artificially changed that in our society, it's its crazy. So, sorry, that was a little bit of a side comment no, from good. what you were saying. Um, what were, what, what, what was your question again? Um, I don't know, I'm not sure. I, w I was interested in what you were saying i don't yeah, even remember you were uh you were talking about uh fathers and and kind of the role that they they play in uh like teaching you stuff and helping you to like mature i think yeah like basically it was just um why we were going to talk about why fatherhood is like important and stuff like that and i i'm i'm a perfect person to talk about this because i've directly hit these kind of obstacles where it's like these other boys who have dads in their lives are kind of mm. like uh, they're kind of i don't know they they just i don't <laughs> we'll just leave it at that yeah um, and we'll talk about other things i'm qualified is what i'm trying to say to talk yeah. about this <laughs> that's awesome and and not awesome that you had to go through those things but that you can recognize it and and have a conversation about it right like there's a lot of people that would be hurt by it and couldn't talk about it so no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna choose to be a victim of my circumstance what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna channel that into recognizing how important it is i um i a father is in a, a boy's life that when i have a male i'm going to do all the things that i wish that i was had with my dad do you know what i mean like and For, so uh, I understand the importance of all those things. Yeah, for for any fathers that are listening, any new fathers or fathers of young children, what are what are some of the things that that you think you might have missed out on that they that they should kind of think about making sure that they hit their interaction with women. Interaction with women, one. okay. In in what in what respects? How you talk to them, how you physically position yourselves around them, just all kinds of stuff. It's just I. Okay, so like, be <laughs> what was that? I'm trying not to be emotional. Just like I okay. had to, my figuring out, because obviously I'm heterosexual, right? Like trying to figure out women was really, really tough. It's mm -hmm. like I had a single mom and like, you don't want to talk to your mom about that <laughs> stuff. <but laughs> yeah, I can feel you on that. So it was, uh, it was challenging for sure. So, um, I just had to realize like, um, just the dynamic between a man and the woman. And like, I, I really look to my, um, my grandpa, like I, it sucks. Cause like when I came around my grandparents, they didn't interact as much. I had to mm -hmm. like, I had to like be looking at them from afar to really see them interacting. They weren't really public with how they were interacting like at all. Like, do you know what I mean? Whereas like 
me and my wife like we're very we i don't care who sees me like i'll, I'll hug her kiss or anything like that whereas my grandparents who came from a different time where they did that stuff in private they weren't like <laughs> public about their affection right so yeah. like i didn't get to really see how my grandpa talked to my grandma i didn't really get to see and my dad and mom weren't together so i didn't see how they talked to each other so it was just like um how you converse with a woman as as a as in a relationship like what does that look like do you like how how are you like are you, are you firm are you gentle like do you know what i mean like it's like i just don't know any of this stuff and so yeah. that's that's that would be the biggest thing mm -hmm. well and, and so, kind of conversely I, I you know you were saying that and i was thinking about how my dad modeled that perfectly for me and how how much of a blessing that is that he he was able to show me how to interact with his wife you know in the proper way in the you know he wasn't a hundred percent the most loving but it was like 99 percent the most loving and caring relationship it is the most loving and caring relationship i've ever seen in my life and it's just such a huge blessing to to be able to have seen that and and hopefully i'll, I'll be able to model that half as good as what he did in the future right like so i you know it's and that's not something that i necessarily would have thought about if you hadn't kind of brought that up and and, and mentioned it the way that you did so you know for all you dads out there like you could, if you haven't done that perfectly there it, that's that's not good but it's okay you can you can always start over and restart the relationship today and put it on a better footing with whoever it is in your life and so none of this is to condemn fathers who aren't in their kids lives or aren't doing it properly uh it's just to kind of help you highlight some things that that might be places you could look into to being better for for your kid the best case scenario for this situation for this conversation too is like you're you're with your wife you have kids and you're not doing these things and you realize how important it is that your role model affects your witness to your kids yeah you know what i mean like you need to understand like it's very 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 important and your every little thing that you do what you believe in your mannerisms it's all being imbued into your kids yep how you talk to your wife all of it it's very very important because mm -hmm. they're going to be little they're going to be byproducts of you like everything how polite they are how rude they are how patient they are all of it it's gonna be you yeah you know so it's um it's just crazy the the other thing is especially you know it being father's day today and and us both missing fathers at the moment we're, we're probably a little bit harsher on them than than we might otherwise be because we're not trying to be down on fathers fathers are amazing they're wonderful and they're an absolutely necessary part of society and I think that a lot of fathers have been overly criticized forever. So again, we're not trying to overly criticize anybody. Um, and I think no, that in the future, very prestigious role. Yeah. Still. And I think that in the future, we'll need to talk about how women can more properly submit to their husbands. Cause that is something that the Bible calls them to do. Okay. And that's not a popular thing to say in our society. That's, that's a, it, it, the way that it feels to say that. Okay. When I just said that women need to submit to their husbands, the way what flashes in my brain because of the way that we're programmed by society is almost the effect almost to the effect of like women are enslaved to their husbands that's not what i'm saying so anybody that else that has that flash up when i say women should submit to their husbands i'm not saying that they're like slaves to their husbands or they should do 100 percent uh, exactly what he says all the time i'll i'll i'll, I'll uh flavor it a little bit different so that it sounds like so when when you say submit to your husband it's like let me be the captain of this ship and you'll make mm -hmm. me feel like such a man yep if you let me be in control of this of this ship i will feel like a man if you just say you know what honey 
I, I respect your ability to steer this ship. I'm going to let you do it. Then that, oh, it just makes you feel like a man. And so that's yep. what it is, that dynamic between a man and a woman. It's just let, he wants to take charge, let him do it. Like, and he'll do such a good job. And if he messes up in his error, hopefully he's the type of person that can, like, hear his, like, mistakes. You know what yeah. I mean? Hey, and I saw you doing this. I think it could be a little bit better. And just to be really respectful how you talk to men because they're sensitive when mm -hmm. they... Their, their their performance is is such a big part of they critique the crap out of their own performance so be very gentle when you come and critique a man because they're already critiquing themselves a lot so yeah you gotta, you and it's gotta... and uh you know so you know one of the things i think that we should we should have an episode about this in the future we should probably try to find a a, a female or a woman or a mother actually to to interview um but uh what one of the things that like Chuck Missler would talk about was there was a point in his marriage it was going really really horribly. So Chuck Missler's a Bible teacher. He's he's passed away unfortunately. Uh, I I love him. Super he, smart guy. Yeah, brought, brought um, a science flavor to the Bible. It was great. Yeah, but he was talking about a time where he was having marital problems and family problems, and his wife decided that she would go and she would submit to him even though he wasn't being perfect. And what that meant to her was uh, one of the examples that he, I don't know, he didn't list everything that she did because I'm sure she did just innumerable things that you couldn't even list. But one of the things that stuck out to him the most as the, the man of the house was there was a day where, you know, he went came home, he'd have dinner, and then there would be dessert, and the kids would go and grab their favorite desserts from the freezer, okay? And then he'd get whatever the kids had. The next day... uh his wife, I think her name was Nancy, she had bought his favorite dessert and that's what everybody had that day. And and what happened was from one day to the next, she had decided to submit to him as the captain of the ship, as the, the head of the household. And as the captain of the ship, the captain of the ship gets his favorite ice cream, okay? That's just what happens. And so instead of the kids getting the, the, the best stuff, she was making sure he got his favorite stuff. And so that just, it changed, it, it broke his heart. He, he actually started to break down his problems and, and he, he actually was able to right the ship because of her faithfulness and because of her submission to him as the head. And so she took that first step and was able to help repair the relationship that way. And so that's what we're talking about when we say submission, not like she has to go and do exactly what the man tells her to do, but just approach the man as someone that you respect and that you honor and that you're going to try to serve the best that you can. And then he's going to do the same thing to you back. Is kind of how a proper functioning, healthy relationship goes from what I've seen. And then um, <clears throat> uh, I've always wanted to kind of understand the other side of this. If you're like a woman and you're hearing this and you're a Christian and it's like you, you're being asked by God and his word to submit to your husband, you if you're single, um, you should be very choosing and careful of who you're going to submit yourself mm -hmm. to. And the most yep. important thing you can do is look for a man of character who submits himself to God. Because if he's submitting himself to God, you best believe that he's going to be doing, he's going to be treating you with love. He's going to be just examining his character. He's going to be hearing when you have some kind of critique that he's doing wrong. It's just you. And the unfortunate situation is like when you're in a marriage where, 
that's not the case but you have the most that's why did you know when a man proposes to a woman you you're in you're in the seat of control it's the same like if i go and ask a company if they want to do some ads with me at this price you know rate well they can negotiate higher or lower based because they're in a position of control because i proposition them mm -hmm. they can just say no i don't even want to work with you at all so like as a woman you're in control here it's like look you see who me for who i am this is what i have to offer will you marry me you're in control here you can just say no because i don't like how you do this i don't like how you do that and then most likely a man if he really really wants you and is a man of character he's like i oh, will fix that then let's let's do this i will fix that do you know what i mean so yep. that's the whole, uh, that's what i want women to know is yeah. you don't just have to go and blindly marry dudes like you you want to choose a man of character and then willingly mm -hmm. submit yourself to somebody because like i it's that's why it's nice that god is like a, a just god because submitting myself to a just god he's not a tyrant right i know i'm not it's the same thing with your husband if you have mm -hmm. this gentle man who's just sweet in every way yeah that's the man you want to marry like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah well and so and well really what the what you want is a man who is sweet and kind and gentle but has the capacity to be an absolute brute right yeah you but has but has it under control everything's off the table everything's mm -hmm. off the table you break into my house yeah you know. exactly and so that that's what you want and the other thing is please women don't construe anything that we're saying to mean that you should stay in the same proximity as someone who's abusing you okay that's not at all what any of us are saying here on this this, this show a lot of people twist what we say what christians say in this regard to mean that that we're saying you should stay with somebody who's abusing you absolutely not get away from that person and then get get the counseling and the help that you need and and the protection that you need okay so i i think that the that marriages are incredibly sacred i think that divorce is a heinous thing that's destroying it's our society bad. it's not but it's not good you make a lifetime commitment when you get married you say mm -hmm. the words you know till death do we part that's not that's not some you shouldn't get married if you yeah. cannot make that commitment for life if mm -hmm. it's just something for now then don't even get married like, yep but know. but again if the man is hurting you or physically abusing you or like severely emotionally abusing you there that's a little gray area that we probably wouldn't agree on me and the viewer i mean uh you know, if that's happening, get away, get to safety, get some support, go to your church, right? Talk to you, find somewhere that's safe for you to go and, and, and get the help that you need, of course. So the best probably case that I would say, if you, if you're in an abusive situation is separate yourself and then have, um, counsel speak to the man and yeah. then hopefully through prayer and like, I, I yep. you know, intervention that he would come to repent of his wickedness and that you could you come together again in like a safe place. That's the best case scenario. I don't, that's want the best case scenario. No, I don't want it either, but we also live in the real world and, and understand that there's horrible situations that that require things that aren't people aren't. are unhinged yep so i just i don't want anybody to be able to come at us and say you know oh you want people to stay with abusers or anything like that no absolutely that's why not. we have to cover every angle because they will anything we don't say they're going to use against us so we have yeah. to cover all the this whole spectrum of so uh, but we're not saying this yeah <laughs> so i i wouldn't bring it up if it was just me but we're you know this is being recorded and put out to the world so I just I want to make sure that uh, that everybody knows where we're at and that we we absolutely love and support women who have been abused and want to help them to to stop being abused in any way that we can. But in a good in a in a relationship that's just sour, right? It isn't completely 
horrible, right? But in a relationship that just isn't what it should be, there are things that women can do to actually submit to their husbands who aren't being faithful that then leads them to be faithful and to turn back to what their true responsibilities are supposed to be. That's that's what I was trying on to communicate. On a baseline comparison, it's like when somebody is mean to you and you're not mean back and that reaction causes them to walk away from that and go, man, I shouldn't have treated that person that. But if mm -hmm. you respond back with evil, they're going to feel justified in their wickedness. So exactly. it's, it's one of those things that, um, it'll, and even Paul says in his epistles that through your godliness and through your character, it would cause, it would convert your husband. So like, um, can't think of the verse right now, but basically, um, a woman's obedience to her husband would convict him of his character. You know what I mean? So it's, and when we when we see each other doing the right thing, it makes us realize we're not on we 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 should be on a more straight path. You know, I'm having a hard time articulating this. But go ahead. <laughs> and yeah, and and ultimately, the the best Father's Day gift that uh, a woman can get for their man is their submission and and their uh, acceptance of the role that the man plays in their life and. That, that's the best thing you can do for any man, right? Like, if that's not happening, or if there's ways that you can do that a little bit better, that's that's the best thing you can do. It's going gonna, it's gonna to benefit you, it's going to benefit your family, and it's going to benefit him for the rest of the year. Way more than a tie would. The, the idea, um, the ideal framework here is the man completely dies to self, 100% submits to God, and then you are submitting to somebody that's doing that, mm -hmm. and everything should go full circle well, and completely be nice. Yeah, well, so the, the, the whole chain is it's God up at the top. The whole reason the entire universe exists is to glorify him. So everything is set in such a way that we're all supposed to ultimately look towards him and towards, uh, you know, his glory, okay? And then Jesus Christ submits himself to the will of the Father, and so we see him doing that to the point where he ultimately is sacrificed on the cross and dies for us for our sins, okay? And because of that, men are supposed to submit themselves to Christ as the head of their family, and they're supposed to follow after him uh, in his example of sacrificing himself for the church. And so we're supposed to sacrifice ourselves and our bodies for the, the women and the children that are in our lives. And then ultimately what women are supposed to do is submit themselves to their husbands and children are supposed to submit themselves to their mothers and their fathers as well. And so we can just see this this chain of, basically it's a chain of command that if everything's lined up perfectly and everyone is doing what they should be doing, it's going to glorify God maximally. And the more of those pieces that are in line, so if the, the God's obviously where he should be, Jesus is where he should be, and so the next person in the line is the man. If the man's where he should be, it's going to be easier for the woman to get in that line, and it's going to be easier for the children to get into that line as well. And and so, that you know, that's a reason why one of the qualifications for pastors and elders and teachers is that uh, you know you're a man of one wife. Uh, it's basically it's that your family's in order. You're a man of one wife. Your children aren't complete screw offs, and they they aren't out messing up and making you look bad. Those are basic qualifications for elders that I think a lot of us aren't uh, looking towards, that aren't using properly anymore. I think there's a lot of elders in our churches where their their children are complete nightmares and, and their wife disrespects them at every turn, right? And those are the types of people that, that we shouldn't have in leadership at our church, in our churches. So, so also I wanted to, I wanted to point out um, if, if, a, if a man's, 
So you know how the wife is labeled the helper of man, right? In mm -hmm. Genesis. And so if the way this works is a man's whole, whole being is devoted to service to the family, wife first, kids second, right? That's 100% of his being is devoted to that. How he labors and his time and energy is spent towards his wife first and his, and his kids second. Then his wife's job is, as the helper is to help her husband serve the family, which effectively is her and then first and then the kids second. So like that's it's it's kind of interesting because like when when men start like putting themselves first, you see this breakdown. Like it, it starts to affect how he views himself, how people are treated and taken care of mm -hmm. and just different stuff. So when as a man, when you're in the role of this, I'm the captain, I steer the ship, your character should be that I'm completely 100% devoted to my crew, which is your wife first and then your kids second, right? Because your kids can't come first because your, your, your relationship and your marriage is what sustains them. Mm -hmm. And so you have to make sure that your wife comes first uh, you know what I mean? So when she's submitting herself, she's submitting herself to a man who's giving himself entirely to her and her kids. That's the way this should be. So you're, as a guy, you kind of got to die to yourself in order to be the man that God wants you to be. And yep. so that's kind of how I wanted to wrap this up. Yeah. And the, the only thing I would say is God's number one in all of it, right? Like your mm -hmm. wife is incredibly important, but she's number two. Okay. And that's, that's how she, yeah. that's how she should want it. Right. God, God, number one, whatever God's calling you to do, that's what you need to be fighting for. And if you're doing that properly and you're explaining yourself the way that God empowers you to explain yourself, you'll be able to lead your family wherever God wants you to go. And so that's what that's what I hope that our fathers get out of this. And, and I hope that they start trying to do a little bit better today. I think that uh, you're, a, you know, fathers in this society are massively undervalued. And, and I certainly appreciate mine. I appreciate all the uh, the, the good fathers that are in my life. Uh, congratulations to my friend, Will. Uh, this is his first. Yeah. Uh, actually, wait, is this? Shout this out is to his, fathers. You're this first. Is, Go for it. It's his, it's his second Father's Day, technically, because uh, I believe you're a father at the point of conception, not at the point of birth. Uh, but it's his first uh, Father's Day where he's got a little baby bouncing around on his knee out in Arizona. So congratulations to him and his wife and, and their little kid. Uh, it's a beautiful little family, and uh, I'm glad that they get to celebrate today. So, Any more shout-outs? Uh, that's the only father that I really have in my close personal life. <laughs> I don't know about you. Um, let me think. Um, so in my... My uh, so my sister's husband Adam because I have um four I have three nephews and one niece and mm -hmm. so that would be Jaden Evan Tristan and Haley and so uh, for coming from my sister Sarah's husband Adam, um I have some friends uh in Central California um Isaac just had twins um Zeke and Noah, um I have a friend named Brendan who has a son named Caleb I have a friend named John, oh, I can't think of John's baby's name. Oh, he's gonna tear me up for this. Um, <laughs> uh, gosh, there was, and then um, my friend Sam has a son named Abel, and um, nice. Uh, you can see how we feel about the um, biblical <laughs> names over here. I'm definitely gonna have a biblical name um, for for my children. I just think it's so cool. Um, but to, like, I, I don't know. I just I like God's word so much, and I like the the heroes of the faith so much. They're just so cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's a uh, that's beautiful that you have so many people to shout out and so many kids in in your family. 
that's a, a thing, again, our society isn't having as many kids as we used to, and it's an absolute travesty. Have uh, 10 kids, guys. Come on. Yes. Have 10 kids. Like, and, what are you doing? Uh, and I, you know, I'm guilty of this. I, I don't have a wife. I don't have any kids yet. So that's something I need to work on as well. But, uh, you know, just lower tax rates, higher government <laughs> um, stuff. You, um, you, you net go up. You go up. Have more kids. Go up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at, at the end of the day, if you're, you know, when you're 80 years old and you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be happy if you're surrounded by, the by way, a bunch of cats. You, you will be happy way, if you're surrounded by your kids. I am not a person of money. Do you see my webcam? I am not a person of money, okay? <laughs> I, I am not making very much money, and I plan to have very many kids. So it, one of my biggest things before I came to Christ was, A, I'm not a man yet, don't want to have kids. Throw that out, all right? Um, I don't have enough money. Throw that out also. Um, just do it. Just send it. Just absolutely have the kids. And then start um, – you're, you're – um, your social network is huge. Your mom, your dad, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, even your close friends. Just getting a good social network that can help you is huge. And like, you know what I mean? Um, so, so, yeah, I would encourage everybody just to not yeah. be afraid to have children because we're, we're, we're built for it. We're built to mm -hmm. have children. Well, and, and the other thing is the people that think that they're too poor to have kids, it's absolutely insane to me. So you, if you think that, you have absolutely no understanding of history whatsoever. Okay, your People grandparents were in, oppressed having children. Like, no, no, like like Jews in Egypt. Okay, <laughs> your 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 grandparents. Okay, they didn't have plastic. Just imagine how many products and oh, things man. in your Glass, life. Everything. Okay, and so like literally just the the world that they lived in was harder. Okay, they didn't have all of the amenities that we have today. They didn't have the money that we have today. Your your grandparents more than likely were completely dirt poor and had yeah, like my nothing. Grandma was born in 28, okay. dude. She came out of the depression. And and so like they were bringing kids into this world in the great depression and we're trying to say that we don't have the means to bring kids into the world today when we've all got a $1000 cell phone in our pockets and access to being able to go out and drive Uber at any moment that we want to make some extra money. Like Couldn't be a, a better time to have children to be real. It's never been easier. It has never, never in easier. the history of the world been easier and cheaper and more like everything is just better to have kids today and they're literally just lying to you and telling you that it's so expensive. And part you of that is my plan. Okay, what's your plan? Sorry, um, uh, I, my ADHD is just like... It's okay. Its no, own. you're good. No, go you're it. good. No, no, no. I want to hear your plan. Now you've got me on your so, plan. <laughs> so I, I, um, I, wanna, I don't want a hospital to be involved with my baby because mm -hmm. I don't want... I just don't like that idea. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, have a big, like, we'll say a rental big, big truck. And I'm going to oh, have so, a... Oh, so wait, have you talked to... Uh... Have you talked to Will and Sky about this? No, I, I do want to talk to them about it, but my idea oh, yeah. was so they, they didn't park a gym. No, they, they have there's a whole system outside the hospital. Basically there's doulas want, and all that. I want to have a midwife and basically stuff set up inside of a truck that's next to a hospital. So if anything goes wrong, I can be right next to a hospital, literally just so, like hundred yeah, feet. Yeah, it's, it. it's it's so funny. The the <clears throat> the clinic that that Sky had her kid at is across the street from a hospital. Like, really? What you're, yes, what you're talking about already exists as physical buildings. 
Okay, like, cool. I didn't know yeah, about that. You don't even need you to do any of that. Obviously, that yeah. I don't look into. I was, that's why I was trying to cut you <laughs> off because I was like, "What you're talking about? You don't even need to do, bro." Like, <laughs> that's exactly what they've already done. They have they have all these facilities set up across the street from hospitals for that very for that very uh, possibility. So you ninety nine percent of the time you have the kid normally uh, in the if anything if, goes wrong. If anything then you goes go wrong, there. then you get wheeled across the street that's, and you're good to go. That's what I'm looking to do because I don't want to be involved with um, <clears throat> the hospitals. Just it just feels like I'm just like yeah, so, I'm accepting what you think is right and how you should deal with my baby. And like honestly, it's my baby. Like let me deal a, with my baby. Like, I don't know. That's my <laughs> my recommendation. Go watch the uh, RFK interview on Joe Rogan, and you'll just be completely horrified by our. What is RFK? I I bet uh, they oh, I so. bet they put a bunch of stuff in your baby without your consent and. And, and oh, there's a lot of things that you don't so, want and you have no choice and yeah so they they shoot up kids with 72 vaccines at these days like and they've been doing that since the 90s um and a lot of those vaccines have, have ADHD. <laughs> well a lot of those uh, a lot of those vaccines have mercury in them or formaldehyde and just random weird stuff so, like i've looked into the ingredients list and so, it's really bad uh there is a reason for that and he explains it there so all of the bad stuff that they put in it is called an adjuvant, okay? And so what an adjuvant's job is, is it's supposed to irritate your body. So it's supposed to be something that your body doesn't like and that's poisonous and harmful. And so what that it, it does... So it triggers an immune response? Yes, yeah, so it triggers an immune response at the same time that you're injecting the dead uh, virus cells that you're trying so that to... Can... So then your body that... okay. associates the bad yeah, thing, yeah. okay? Um... And so that's what they're supposed to do, but we have to figure out how these things get out of your body. And so the problem that they had specifically with mercury is the original tests Lingers. that they did is they, they were testing two different kinds of mercury. There's one kind of mercury that sits in your body for like 60 days, and there's another type of mercury that they thought only stayed in your body for two weeks. And that's because they did blood tests on, on kids that received these different shots, and the and, levels went down. And the levels went down of one type of mercury after two weeks, and the other one stayed for 60 days. What they then did is they did the same, but they couldn't find where the mercury went. So they, they monitored all of their urine, they monitored all of their poop, and they couldn't figure out where the mercury was going. And so they did the same study on some monkeys, And but what you can do with a monkey and what you can't do with a kid is you can, you, you can humanely kill the monkey and figure out where the mercury went. Well... It just so happens that this kind of mercury that they claimed disappeared and got out of your bloodstream, it's small enough that it passes the blood-brain barrier, and so all it's of the mercury, brain? yes, it goes directly into these kids' brains and causes inflammation in your brain, and that's possibly what causes autism. Oh, so that's why all the moms that were talking about the vaccines so, cause autism. It probably causes a situation that links to it. Now yes, this video is getting so super flagged. Oh, my... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just realized that, but that's the truth. So they can come at we're come not at making me, bro. any medical claims. We don't yeah. know anything. We don't know anything. All right, talk, we know talk to your doctor. Talk we're, to your doctor. We're, com we're completely wrong. This is all um, just a conjecture. <laughs> we know nothing. We're not doctors. Again, check out the uh, the RFK interview Did on, I cover on all the Spotify. Bases? We're not doctors. We're not doctors. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so check that out. I wasn't even talking about COVID nineteen. So. <laughs> That wasn't the vaccine I was talking about, but yeah, uh, so 
I just don't trust the the system that we have today. There's no reason for us to trust anything in our system. Our government isn't trustworthy. Our uh, uh, none of our uh, experts are trustworthy. It's just not a thing. You have to do you your own bet, research. You can bet that like the government looks at you as a way as a means to an end. Like they're trying to monetize your whole existence. And so you have to understand that they care about you to an extent, like they care about you giving them data, giving them money, giving them mm -hmm. what they want. Right. Yep. So they're your parents and God, most parents, definitely God, love you. And mm -hmm. like it's it's well, man, and, and people in act like the government's yeah. my dad. It's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not. Well, I was going to say that the original way that human society was structured was geared around your local community. It was geared around your church, your synagogue, the the people that you would go and worship with, and the, and and those people you can be somewhat assured of that they care about you, okay? And if they don't just care about you, they care about your well-being because you doing well impacts the rest of the community positively. And so, when you have a bunch of people that have to look you in the eye, that have to shake your hand and come over and and help you do a barn raising, right? Like. Those are the people that you can count on. You can't count on some unelected bureaucrat in Washington caring anything about you whatsoever. All they care about is their paycheck. They get a paycheck, they do some amount of work, hopefully as little as possible as far as they're concerned usually, and then they go home at the end of the day. They don't care if the EPA is actually protecting the environment. They don't care if the justice system is actually putting away criminals that... that are you know terrorizing our society what or they care the about yeah doesn't mess with your food mm -hmm. or like just different so things. the 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 thing that we've all been bamboozled by for decades a century now is the fact that we can trust the government you can't you can't trust the government you shouldn't trust the government we have a we have a Assume system they're lying the whole time mm -hmm. our specifically <laughs> our system is designed with the assumption that everybody's got cross purposes and is doing something horribly wrong that's why the house checks the senate that's why those two bodies together check the president that's why the president checks them back that's why the supreme court has a check on them as well like all of them are supposed to be checked and balanced by each other and the problem is that at the federal level they've all just started colluding and and working against you and and so so my yeah. my my favorite way of navigating the political um scene is Who's getting the most flack for standing up for truth and going against the grain? That person, you should look at what they're saying. Because they're mm -hmm. probably saying some righteous thing that's moral. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just realized we're kind of getting away from our uh, faithful part of the dialogue and more into political. <gasps> and this isn't this political is right. dialogues, it's faithful dialogues. So, you're right, we'll, uh, you're right. We'll, uh, we'll get back on Father's it. Father's Day, so. Father's Day. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, we're, we're actually an hour uh, and almost 15 minutes into this, po into this uh, broadcast. Uh, did you want to try to get into, uh, I think it was the gospel of John, right? Um, well, so we have that. And I also have, remember, I have a bunch of points. Um, oh, why okay. Fatherhood is so important. Did you want to, it's up to you. How oh, you sorry. I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't aware you had those points. If you want to go into some more points, that would, that'd be perfect. I'm not right, going to complain so, about that. So we talked a little bit about why it's important that you have uh, a male role model in like uh, in the vicinity so you can like um just emulate them and stuff but 
like speak to something like emotional intelligence like this is something i barely really understand it's because i just don't really i didn't know it was something i should look into i don't really know what emotional intelligence is but i'm sure fathers can help their children you know develop this uh, i can deduce what it is right <laughs> so like um yeah how how can um fathers help uh their their son specifically navigate so, um emotional intelligence one of the the biggest blessings that that i had as as a child is that my uh, my dad has a, a PhD in psychology um, oh, nice. and is also a very faithful Christian, a very small cross-section of people. And, right? and yeah, and so, psychology and a Christian. Um, my, so, you know, what he did, and I, I think the, the best way that a father can model this sort of thing, the best thing that a father can do is model it properly. properly okay? So not once do I ever remember hearing my dad get overly angry he never yelled at my mom. He never uh, did anything disrespectful towards my mother, towards us, uh, in front of us, okay? And and that's one of the things that I think men have the biggest problem with is uh, not regulating their own emotions in front of their children. And so what you see in men is that they then think it's okay that for them to go and do that and to have emotional disregularity as their as a thing that happens to them uh, and so boys are you know we're we're too emotional or we're not emotional at all uh, it kind of goes in in both directions potentially uh, and then the other thing is in, in women they then ex they then accept that from men and so if you have a man that's emotionally dysregulated or not uh, modeling that that emotional intelligence properly then they're not going to look for or expect that from the men that they date and interact with. And so those are two of the biggest problems that can, can arise if you don't have a level of control or a, a level of understanding of your own emotional, where you are at with your own emotional intelligence. And it's something we can all do better. I, I've recently been uh, having some, you know, I've been a little bit more angry than I probably should be. Um, you know, that's just something that, that you have to work on as a man. And Me too. You're not alone. <laughs> um, and that's and that's why the, the Bible says that you should be slow to speak, right? If you're not speaking, it's going to be a little bit harder to convey that you're having this emotional problem, right? And when you do speak, you should be slow to anger. You shouldn't do it from a point where you're, uh, you know, you're emotional and you're angry. And so... That's just the best thing that a man can do is model it properly. I don't know that there's a way to talk about it or discuss it. I think that in our society, we want to be able to have a sit-down conversation at the end of the bed with your with your son and be like, son, here's what you should do. And, and those just aren't really things that happen. Like, that'll yeah. happen a couple times here and there. But for the most part, that son is really learning from their father by watching and, and looking at what that father is doing. Kids... If you don't know this, what a kid is doing, what a child is doing, is they are literally trying to watch you, listen to you, uh, he, you know, uh, look at you, look to you for their ability to interpret and understand the world, right? Like, one of the processes that a baby goes through is they listen to you speak, and from that, they somehow cobble together the ability to speak themselves. And so if we ex what we can do is we can extrapolate that out to everything else okay they they look at you for how they should eat they look at you for how they should speak 
They look at you for for what they should do with their free time. A child is looking at you and, and trying to copy the things that you do. That's why a lot of the times if a dad likes football, a kid's going to end up watching football with his dad on, on Sunday mornings, right? That's just how it's going to be because that's what the dad's doing. The kid's going to model that. And so we'll hopefully have similar interests. You'd be honored and flattered if your son or, you know, took after and, you in that way. And there's a lot of times when they don't, of course, right? Like kids are going to develop their own interests at a certain point, but for the most part, how sad is it when the, the guitarist dad or the drummer dad, <laughs> uh, his kids don't want anything to do with music. And they're like, no, I couldn't make my, <laughs> my, my family band now. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Well, and the, and the the talented stuff, that's a little bit harder because, like, it's easy to sit down and watch football with your dad. It's a lot harder if your dad's an NFL linebacker to go and play football with your dad. Like, you can't do that, right? right? You can go outside and play catch or whatever, but, like, the expectation that you have the same level of skill as him shouldn't be there, right? So and, Unless it's I, something, like, like intellectual, because you, you would hope that if your dad's good at reasoning, that his son would be good at reasoning as well, that he teaches son reasoning or something like that, right? Well, you and that's... That if it's something that's know, a, like you can learn yeah. or logical. Well, that's a, that's a good point. And that's the other thing is uh, fathers can be more explicit in their... I'm going to take uh, my jacket off really quick. <laughs> fathers can be more explicit in their... Um, in their explanations of different things to their to their children, okay? So you can kind of explain step-by-step step your thought process as to why you're doing this thing. I know that a lot of uh, children feel like their parents are being really arbitrary and are just kind of being authoritarian on their lives because they're, uh, you know, cracking down on them for, for doing certain things or for watching too much TV or whatever, and they don't ever get a proper thought-out kind explanation as to why that's the case you get a, a kids especially these days get a lot of that's because i told you right or i because i said so and that's just not an acceptable answer for 99 percent of kids that's just going to create of, animosity this behavior is wrong and you we mm -hmm. don't do this behavior yeah, well, and that's then, what it needs. but yeah. then but then explaining either it comes from the bible so if you give a kid a, a completely solid source so if you say the bible is the inerrant word of god which it is and that then, because it's the inerrant word of God, I can point to it as a reason, okay? That's what kids are looking for. They're looking for a solid, foundational reason. And so, if you can point to them and say, the Bible literally says that murdering is wrong. That's why murder is wrong, okay? They and can accept that. God and that's why we and, and that's why we don't do mm -hmm. this. Um, you know, and, and we can say, and we can point to verses where it talks about, you know, gluttony being a problem. And so that's why we don't Which eat is too much. That's why we don't. Ah. That's why we don't eat sugar for every meal. That's why you can't have ice cream for breakfast, right? Like you point to, you can point to a solid source as to why that is the case. So that that's helpful. And then just explaining and having a reason for the things that you're doing. Hey, you should know why you're doing things. I don't know why you would do something that you couldn't explain to somebody, and. If that's the case, then you should then you should just do that for your children and give them a little explanation. And so, I think there's a lot of parents that do that well, but there's a lot of parents that don't. And so that's you know that that's my recommendation is explain things more to kids. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and move on. And I'm gonna give you kind of I just googled 
um, something about masculinity. And this is a huge thing that the culture is kind of talking about. And so there's masculinity and feminine, feminine, femininity. I can't, I don't know. Yeah. See an enemy. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so I'm going to give you kind of the list that, um, uh, this Google thing is saying, right. And so we've got confidence, Mm -hmm. protection, courage, discipline, capable, assertive, certain, stable, supportive, logical, focused, responsible. Um, what do you kind of think about these, um, you know, these are terms that would be associated with being a masculine type. So it's like, not to say that responsibility is only if you're Mm -hmm. you're masculine and if you're a woman and you're responsible, you're kind of masculine. No, that's not, that's not what we're saying here. I'm just kind of wondering what is your take on that and why are these things important like what just speak on those so let's just take masculinity as a whole yeah yeah so these are all kind of either synonyms or attributes of masculinity and let's just take confidence right so confidence is an important part of masculinity because what you're doing is you're leading and if you're an unconfident or or if you're a weak leader okay you're not doing things with assurance and and understanding what you're doing having thought it through okay if you're if you're not a confident leader the rest of your team won't follow you properly they will be doing things to try to uh not undermine what you're doing but try to make up for their perceived deficiencies before you even start so for example uh, let's say that that you want to go that that you your family's hungry and you want to go out to dinner right what happens in a lot of couples today is the guy will go, "Hey, honey, what do you want to? What do you? Where do you want to go get dinner?" And she's like, "I don't know. You tell me." And then the guy goes, "Well, I don't know what you want, so I'm going to unconfidently answer you, and you know, we're going to then have another ten minute conversation where we don't actually end up with any, you know, definitive suggestions, suggestions yeah. because the woman doesn't want to lead. She's trying to open up an opportunity for you to lead." And you either don't know your woman well enough to be able to lead her in a direction that makes her happy, or you're not willing to do that, which is what causes the problems. Where if you just confidently said, all right, honey, we're going to Taco Bell, you know, even if she doesn't want Taco Bell, the fact that you did it confidently would then give her the opportunity to be like, well, okay, you know what? Maybe I didn't want Taco Bell. I wanted this. And then you can take that into consideration. But if you go, I don't know what to say. I have no idea what you would want. I don't know who you are. You're basically a stranger to me, is what your woman's hearing when you're saying things unconfidently. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah. I have, a, I have a troll that I do for, for my wife, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and however you've solved this in your relationship, I'm not saying it has to be the same for everybody, but like one way you should do it as a man is to just confidently give her an answer and then be willing to negotiate after that but giving her the confident answer most of the time she'll probably just go along with it unless that's you know completely wrong somehow yeah you'll find out how strong her opinion is when you suggest things she doesn't want yeah <laughs> yeah well um, uh, but but the, but the but the other thing is like it's easier for a woman to tell you that she doesn't want that than to try to tell you what she does actually want and so that's it's all part of the process and and one of the reasons why it's difficult today is because we're not confident the way that we used to be. It used to be that whatever the man said, that's what they were doing regardless, even if the wife didn't want to do it at all. And she just had to deal with it. Right. Today. I think we should be a little bit more, uh, willing to bend on, especially like just where we're having dinner and try to fit her needs in more than like the typical 1950s, you know, family might have, but 
it still takes the man being confident and and leading to be successful in the first place. Yeah, they um, my like when I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but my wife definitely just likes when I just decide, and whether she knows it inherently or not like when i lead her she enjoys it and then she'll definitely let me know if where i'm leading her she doesn't like mm -hmm. just be quick to respond to that as a man yep definitely if you're it's if you're a christian too like that is your flesh if your flesh is saying i don't want this respond to it because you wouldn't say that to your own flesh like eh, i'm just gonna keep doing it you're expressing yeah. pain but man i'm just gonna keep doing it so really quick i just wanted to go into my little funny troll so uh uh Money's always been kind of tight for me and stuff, and so McDonald's having their uh, two. I'm a non-spoke. I'm not a spokesperson for McDonald's, by the way. <laughs> but um, not yet. They had their like two, uh, two uh, McDoubles for four bucks or whatever it is. So for a while, they were like the cheapest thing on the block until like Wendy's did their like six dollar biggie bag. Also, not a spokesperson for Wendy's. Um, <laughs> but <Yet. laughs> basically, uh, she got so sick of McDonald's because we had it so often. And then uh, the other thing that the cheap fill up was Little Caesars. So when I'd be like, okay, what do you want to eat? And she'd say, I don't know. I'm like, okay, Little Caesars. And then I'd find out really quickly that she didn't want, she knew what she wanted. And and so it was like, if you, I just kept suggesting stuff I know she didn't want just to like kind of playfully mess with her and stuff. And then yeah. um, the, the, the opinion came out very quick. <laughs> Why and, and don't the... we just go to Chick-fil-A then? And I was like, okay. <laughs> And that's the other thing as as men one of the skills that i think that that a lot of men don't have is how to be properly playful with your your significant other um that that was very evident in my parents relationship my my dad was very playful with my mom and they were always having fun together and and joking around like that and you know obviously if if your if your woman isn't responding well to that line that that Austin did you shouldn't do it right you should be doing what works for you if she and, gets mad try something else right yeah exactly <laughs> right and and so you found what works for you and her and that's your job as a man too is to poke and to prod and to find these different playful things that you can do to uh, what flavor of humor mm -hmm. she responds to and stuff like that yeah to make to make those those situations more fun and so now instead of it being a problem every night it's a it's a playful fun thing for us to figure out where we're going to go eat and so that's that's your job as demand is to turn potential problems into playful and fun experiences for the rest of your family so you can do that with your wife you can do that with your kids and you can do that literally a hundred percent of the time it just it, the only thing that keeps you from doing it is your own ego and your own uh like like desire to put in effort because it's effort it's effort it, it, like you coming up with these playful things is going to take energy and effort that you might not want to spend but i'm just telling everybody it is worth it it, it, it plays it pays huge dividends yeah, just a general thing of advice. I would just pick a random place for dinner, and if if they say they don't want to go there, then just like, what do you want? And open it up there. But like that, your your woman wants you to lead because she's a woman. Mm -hmm. and yep, she wants you to be a man and lead her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and that's how she's going to feel most comfortable, and then she's going to be able to be the the best woman that she can be for you. And then that's that's how the relationships are supposed to work. She's supposed to submit to you, so you can be the best man for her. And you're supposed to, you know, do the things that you need to do and, and for her to be the best man for her as well. Yeah. All right. So let's move right on. So let's look at another one. And this is a huge one. I know you don't like our schools for exactly this reason. And it is 
knowing what to do with money, financial responsibility. Mm-hmm. Fin- fathers have a big uh, role to play here. And can you kind of talk a little bit about budgeting, um, just hard work ethic and financial management for us and why that's yeah. important? Um, I mean, it's important for all the obvious reasons of that's how you put food on the table for your kids. But, you know, on the uh, on a more long term scale, how you go about doing that, how you are, how you handle your money, how you deal with money, how you interact with money, your your relationship to it flavors a lot of the interactions that you have with people in general. And so Why is that just because it's so important, it's such a huge it, it, for a man, like if it's, you really love money versus I don't really care too much about it, or like, what do you mean by that? It put it, yeah. So if I if you really love money and your your focus is money and you show that to your family that money is more important to you than to than they are, okay, and, and then they're going to respond that way and they're also going to start loving money in a similar way as well because them acquiring That's money the that is going forward. to. Well, because they're going to start seeing it as something that they can do to to find to try to be valuable to you, okay? Yes, so, that goes back to the everything you do becomes permissible to your mm-hmm. family because you're the standard there. Yes, and so if your only focus is money, 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 and and that's the only way that you can that you can uh, be a benefit to the family is if you provide money that's going to be that's not a good uh standard to set for your kids money is incredibly important it is a vehicle that we can use to accomplish a lot of different things and to be and it's baseline needed for us to be able to survive in society today we need a certain amount of money to have water we need a certain amount of money to have food we need a certain amount of money to have a roof over our heads and so you should teach children that that, that of the importance of money but also put it in the right place as something that is a tool for us to use to ultimately glorify God rather than an ends in and of itself. And so, yeah, because yeah. for say, conversely, say your kids see you constantly putting your money in places that are like, I see this organization that helps kids, I give them some money, or I see this church doing this event that's fundraising for the homeless, I'm going to give them some money. I, I, you know what I mean? Like where they see you, just where you put your money, it's going to put it in your kid's head that I should also put my money there. Dad put his money into these places, I should do that too. Like, are you an investor? Do you kind of do things with your money there? Um, like it just like us, for example, your kid, your kid, if you had a son right now, would notice that a lot of times when you get money, you put it into your career with like podcasting with your mm-hmm. equipment and just different things like that. So they see dad, he doesn't just buy random stuff. He puts it into his everyday things, his car, his, yep. his clothes, his, you know, the things that he needs to, to function essentially. And so um, I, I never saw dad messing around with his money. He just put it towards all of the stuff that he needed and he always had nice stuff. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's got, well, gonna kind of be something like that. Right. And, and then, then conversely, like you can, you can love money too much and, and value it too much to the point where you're sacrificing too much of your time. So like, let's I've say that, that I'm, I'm the CEO, you know, if I'm the CEO of a company, by definition, I am not spending enough time with my kids. There is not like, because you have to be there too much uh, mm-hmm. to a certain extent like I, I there there may be a CEO of a of a smaller company that's doing it right but my understanding is basically a hundred percent of the the CEOs of the fortune 500 type type companies all the biggest companies they do not have a proper work-life balance they're not 
spending 40 hours a week at work and then coming home and being there and being present for their for their kids. At least that's not yeah. what we see. I, again, I'm not a CEO. I don't know any CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. But just knowing what the workload is for that kind of a job, I can't imagine that they're also properly showing up for their kids. And so... And- if you can, if you're a CEO and you're a great dad and you spend a lot of time with your kids, please drop yeah, that in the comments. Please drop it in the comments. That, yeah, Send us you, a donation. You manage that. <laughs> uh, we could we could use a donation. We'll talk. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, but uh, you know, it, it, again, if you are a CEO and you are doing it properly, I applaud you. That's a that's a definitely. Tell us how you do it. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you balance yeah, your we'll, time in your life. We'll have you on the podcast. We'll we'll talk to you. You're the expert there. <laughs> but I think most of them aren't. And, and the reason is it's just hard. You know, it's so much time and effort that, that your kids need from you to be able to also have an entire, because really the, what it is for men these days is, is their work is an entirely separate family from their, their home family and the, and juggling those responsibilities. And it's just tough juggling those responsibilities. And so what I'm saying is that, is that ultimately you need to show your kids that you're going to show up and be there for them because you're showing them that you sh- you'll show up and be there for your work every single day. So it's just important for fathers to find the right balance to show up and to be there for their kids equally, not in, maybe not in time, but to show them that they're equally valued, that they get a, a shot at your time, right? So that's that's what's what's most important is money doesn't come before everything else. Your work doesn't come before everything else. Uh, number one, God. So they need to see that you're showing up every single week at church. That you're that you're a, a pillar in that community. That's the number one thing. If you're not doing that, and work comes before your relationship with God, that's a major problem. And so you need to be valuing time spent with with the community uh, with the community that God's provided for you. That needs to be number one, and then everything else flows from there. And 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 if you put everything in its right proper place money isn't going to be something that's revered. It's going to be something that's obtained to be used as a tool. And that's, that's what you should that's be passing on your say. kids. It's a gift from God that's meant to be used as a tool to then bless your family. It's not supposed mm-hmm. to be something to, for your pleasure that you just do. I mean, and that's where people end up using money for, and they find out that there's just emptiness on the other side of that. Oh, I've, Every weekend I've gone to the lake or every weekend I've done some crazy expenditure and then it's like a couple of years of doing that and you're just like, man, life is just not fun because you've done everything that's supposedly fun and it's like it's, you didn't invest in yourself or your family and so it's completely like, I don't know, I, total tangent and that's just yeah. my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff, some more, uh, some more questions for us? Yeah, more, I did, but really quick. I wanted to take like a one minute break. Um, just a really quick plug for um the the raffle. So oh yeah. Um, wh- how many subscribers do we have on uh YouTube? Are we at thirty so, now? Yes, we just got to thirty yesterday. So three fifths of the Sweet. way to our fifty person giveaway number. Yeah, so we are going to be giving away a shirt from my collection at Apostles Attic. And I'm even going to say that if you, um, if like, say you win the raffle, but you want something that I don't have on my website, I'll just make it really quick. So basically what I want you to do is um, comment on any of the videos and give me a question for the podcast. And we'll review it on the podcast and even mention your username as long as it's uh, kind and respectful. Mm-hmm. And then um, everybody that submitted a question, by the time we hit 50, I'm just going to include everybody from every single video up until that point is going to be a submission right and i don't know what's going to happen if somebody wins and doesn't claim it but we'll figure that out 
um, maybe we'll give it to somebody who wants it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but or or maybe we'll donate some money to uh, to a church or something. I don't know. My plan is to for the very so this is okay. Imagine this. I'm gonna have like a target. I'm gonna shoot it with an arrow with a bow, and I'm gonna write somebody's name in like a little like one by three section and write their name. Start building around in a circle and I'm just kind of like every time somebody submits I'm just going to keep making the circle wider and wider and I'm going to shoot an arrow at it so basically uh, whatever name it pierces is going to be the winner of that and we can even live stream the shot I used to do teach archery for a good friend and so I like doing archery uh, Ryan yep. <laughs> likes to do archery as well so um, yeah it'd be a fun thing to film again when we get 50 YouTube subscribers we're going to go ahead and enter everybody um, who has submitted a question up until that point and then we're going to do an archery shot and that's going to be how we decide who the winner is so awesome right. and then also are you down to still talk about the safe haven law thing we forgot about that uh, I thought we were putting that off till next week but we can talk about that now if you want uh, we only have about another 20 minutes just so you know before okay. we get to our two hour um... mark We'll save that for next week then. Okay. Um, just to let our, our viewers know, it's basically a law that doesn't criminalize you um, giving your child to like a, like a hospital or a fire station mm -hmm. in the event yep. that you don't want your child, like in an unwanted birth. Um, yep. So basically, we're going to talk about that next week and how that's a very good acceptable form of, we'll say, abortion. Right. Well, and so it's, so not, it's, not abor it's not an acceptable form of abortion. It's an acceptable alternative to that's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I'm articulating my thoughts. My bad. You're, you're good. <laughs> Thank you for I, getting me. I knew what you saved meant. by Ryan. I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. I just wanted to be clear. Uh, and the other thing is for for anybody, uh, what we're talking about are safe haven laws, where you can go and drop your baby off at a safe place, hospital, fire station, those sorts of things. If you are in a situation where you find that you are a new mother that doesn't want your child, and uh, what what I want to say about this is there's a lot of misconceptions about adoption in this country. Uh, there's about 18,000 infants that are put up for adoption every single year in the United States. And what is absolutely astounding is every... Like 50,000 people line waiting to get yes. infants right now. <laughs> so every every single one of those babies has multiple families that want to adopt them, Okay. And so, yes, there is awesome. a massive problem in our foster care system. That's a horrible situation. Uh, whenever uh, a child loses their parents, it's a tragedy. But the reasons why that there are there are problems with the foster care system has absolutely nothing to do with infant adoption. And so, uh, I've known people in my life that actually have had to go to China to end up adopting children because yeah. there weren't any for them to adopt here in the United States. Okay, literally zero children, infants, zero infants to adopt in the United States. That's a, and so that's so, amazing so if that you're, they were able to still do that, even though yeah. they had to go to China. I'm glad China at least let that happen. That's cool. Yeah. So what what I want to say with that is um, if you are a mother or, you know, a mother that is in a situation where, where she wants to where she doesn't want her child there is a family that wants to adopt that child that that but child as an infant adopt, so. a child as an infant will get adopted that's just not even a thing in this country today in 2023 
And I would so, even make a suggestion if you know a friend that is pregnant and doesn't want their baby, sponsor yourself mm -hmm. an ultrasound. Take her somewhere to get an ultrasound. Have her see her baby. And the 90, 80% chance um, she goes, yes, I want this baby now. For, That's what uh, I would suggest. For next week, I, I have some contacts. I know a uh, pregnancy resource center uh that's nice. local to me um and there's all sorts of uh resources for mothers who are pregnant that actually want to keep their child so nice. one of the one of the cruel evil sick twisted lies that uh, of planned parenthood is their name okay they if you go into a planned parenthood their goal their goal is to rip your child out of you that's that is the end goal of every visit of a pregnant woman to planned parenthood they want nothing to do like a part of their yes yeah. they don't have ultrasounds they don't have any services for women that want to keep their child the only planning that they're doing is to make you in their opinion not a parent okay it's when a, it's are we a taking sick... it out that's what they're uh, planning <laughs> um so again uh i will have some pregnancy resource information uh for next week uh hopefully and that sounds uh, awesome i'm glad yeah. we we're gonna have that so so we'll do we'll do that All a little right. bit more planned out. Um, I think that I covered a lot of my my stuff. I think all of our our new stuff that we brought mm -hmm. to the the podcast, the the restream IO, the text number. Again, if you um see this text, um, how, uh, the number is audio too. Yeah, go ahead if it's audio. If you're hearing um from no, if you're not seeing any video, go for it. Yes, the the number is eight three three two six two. 6431 again you can reach us through text at 833-262-6431 you might be able to call that number but i'm not sure exactly how that works so uh give that a try if you want and if that doesn't work give us a text and uh we'll we we're really excited to hear from you to be able to pray for you um and be able to just you know kind of be here as a, a resource for you to answer your questions so we'd really love to start incorporating questions that you have as a community into our our podcast that's ultimately what we want to do is is answer all of your guys questions because i know that there's a lot that you have uh, i know that mike winger does can do a, a could do a stream every single day and get 20 new questions from his community and so, uh, you know, that's kind of where I want to get to for us is just we're the guys that you come to, you ask us questions, and then as best we can, we faithfully respond and give you an answer. That's uh, that's our goal. Yeah, and something I am remembering now that I forgot to do was the gospel message. Would you want to do it this week, or do would you like me to do it? Um, yeah, I think I've I've said it a couple times actually. I've kind of tried to sprinkle it into the episode, but uh, ultimately, what the gospel is is that we are all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, and that in and of ourselves, we are incapable of attaining that glory or paying for those sins that we've committed. And so, because God is such a loving and merciful and kind God and our Creator, He has provided a way for His justice to be satisfied and for him to be completely, perfectly merciful. And so what he did is he sent his son down uh, to be born of a virgin, to live a completely normal and perfect human life where he was completely sinless, and to ultimately die on the cross as a substitution for our sins. So it should be us up on that cross dying and paying for the price of our sins and ultimately suffering eternally in hell. But because Jesus Christ lived a perfect life and because he was God and because he was man as well, he was able to pay that price for us 
if we believe in him and if we are adopted into his family. So I just pray that everybody that is listening to me, that you uh, come to a knowledge and a faith in Jesus Christ, that you put your trust in him and that you call him Lord, that you profess that with your mouth and that you believe in your heart that he rose from the dead. And all of that testimony is documented through the Gospels mm-hmm. in the New Testament. So if you wanted to go and check that out, definitely the Word of God is um, it's very powerful. And it documents Jesus' whole life and ministry yep. in the Gospels in the New Testament. All right, let's go ahead and keep going with a couple different questions. Yeah, we've got all about right. 15 so, more minutes before two hours, just so you know. One of the things um, I kind of talked about earlier, um, actually, we'll, we'll do this one. Um, the topic of resilience and perseverance, like your willpower, like don't give up, be, be a man that like that fighting spirit, um, you know, fathers definitely instill resilience and perseverance in their children teaching them to overcome obstacles and, you know, just develop in different ways. Um, what, what do you have for us on that topic of fathers and their relationship with their son? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just kind of spaced out there for a second. I don't know what happened. What? Uh, can you kind of restate that for me? <laughs> yup. All right. So resilience and perseverance, and on that in that lens. So fathers instill like that fighting spirit, that be a man. Like you oh, know, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fathers definitely instill that in their in their son, and this kind of ties into masculinity. You don't want um, a timid man. You want a man that's capable of protecting, like at, at complete. Like if someone breaks into my house and is trying to wrestle me, I need to be able to overpower them and subdue mm-hmm. them, right? And so that's just kind of like res- I, I, that's one thing. It's like protecting your family, but just resilience and perseverance, like. What can you say about that and how our fathers uh, instill that in their sons? Yeah, so I I think the number one way that you can do that as a father is to go out and to do tough things. So for me and for my dad, uh, we we loved to go out into nature. He uh, he was there with me in in scouts. We'd go out and we'd go do week-long backpacking trips in the Sierras, those sorts of things. Going out and doing tough things with your son is going to show him how to be tough and be strong through those situations. It's going to teach your son or the, or your daughter that that you can that you can overcome, right? There's so many people today that just let their circumstances be dictate how they live their life. What a man does is we we rise above our circumstances. We take we control account, our environment, yeah. We, we as best we can. Obviously there's going to be things that are out of our control. But what you as a man and what you as a human being are supposed to do is you're supposed to look at that situation, uh, uh, see the the opportunities that are presented in it, because that's that's the truth is that in every situation, the good, the bad and the ugly, there's opportunities that arise from that situation for you to turn that into something that you can learn from, that you can grow from or, you know, best case scenario that you actually end up benefiting from. And so you do that by actually going out and doing tough things and going out and accomplishing tasks and, uh, you know, going basically, you know, and, and, and so work on well, your car. In front of your <laughs> exactly. Son. That's what I was saying. Like if you're, if you're a car guy, include your kid in the, in repairing a car, like make that a project that you two do. If you own a home and you know, you, you want to go and, and upgrade the sprinkler system, get that kid out there, digging a ditch and helping you, you know, find the the the, the sprinkler and replace it or gets put the it in. muscles from digging. Then he gets the knowledge from all the pipes and all the how to do the irrigation well, and, and, system. And uh, yeah. Well, and one <laughs> of the so specifically digging up a, a yard. One of the things that you 
you learn really quick as you're digging up a front yard is you're going to hit pipes you didn't know about and they're going to crack and you're going to have to get in there and you're going to have to fix that mess that you just made because you were brother you just get flex seal (laughs) it solves every problem i and and, but that's another thing is like you know it's that's that's a funny thing to say but that's not the right solution okay as good as good as flex seal is at at temporarily fixing a a problem that's not the long-term solution that you want for that pipe if you want to fix it properly (laughs) well that see that's the thing until the plumber gets there or like out backyard irrigation the the pvc pipe that's easy enough anybody can go down to home depot and for 20 bucks you get yeah. all the tools that you need to be able to do it but the, when the you pro- start the jackhammer into concrete that's when it starts yes <laughs> but, but what you know like i was saying if you're out digging up your yard you're going to hit a pvc pipe it's going to crack it's going to cause a huge mess of water and mud to just spray everywhere that will happen okay and so by including your son in that, they're out there, they learn that there's going to be problems that arise in the things that we do. And what you then do is you don't just sit there and, and cry about it. You get up, you turn the water off at the at the main of the house, and you get to work Prepare fixing it because everybody's yeah. gonna need to take a piss in twenty minutes. Okay? Like <laughs> so that that's 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 what you have to do as a man is just put yourself in situations where things will go wrong because we live in a fallen world. And what you're going to teach your son is how you overcome that problem correctly and righteously and do it in a way that uplifts everybody and doesn't bring anybody down. Because a a lot of men, just throughout history, but especially today, you encounter a tough situation, you encounter a a difficult scenario, and you 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 get mad and angry, or you fold, or, or you handle it improperly. And really, if you were handling it proper, properly, every single other person around you gets uplifted, despite the fact that you're going through something negative, okay? Because they see you handling your emotions, and they're like, okay, it inspires them to handle their emotions, mm-hmm. but if you just let it slip off the handle, then they're just going to be like, all right, cool, then I'm just going to let it slip off the handle. And this is even, this is with people who aren't your family, who aren't mm-hmm. your kids. <laughs> yep. So... And, and so that's one of the, the benefits that I had of, of having a father with, uh, you know, a high degree of emotional intelligence and stability is, you know, I never once saw him fly off the handle. You know, we'd get into situations where literally what I described, you know, you're out digging in the front yard and you hit a PVC pipe and, you know, he'd just go grab the tools in the garage <laughs> and shut the water off and we're in the mud fixing it. Right. And that's that's just how how you have to to deal with life. And. Uh, you know, I've been in situations recently where I've had to fix things around the house and I haven't had the right attitude or the right mentality around that. And, and it brings everybody else down. And so that's that's kind of a, a thing that I've been going through. And, you know, uh, thinking about the example that my dad was for me, I, you know, I just see how wrong I was to fall into that trap. And it's not about wallowing in that in the past, but fixing it and, and treating each situation in the in the future the way that it should be treated and, and moving forward, right? That's that's the biggest thing for men. You know, a lot of us want to focus on the ways that we've messed up in the past and how we've screwed it up. And those are things laugh that we should it. think about, We well, but we ultimately should laugh about it. And we need to move on and figure out how we need to react correctly in the future. And, and ultimately, that's going to uplift everybody around us. And that's that's your goal. If you're, if you're pointed at Christ, if you have the right focus... 
then every other person around you is going to be uplifted by the actions that you do, especially if they want to get on board with that same focus along with you. So that's it's like when you drop a glass bowl instead of just exploding and throwing it across the room because you're mad that you broke a glass bowl. You just kind of smile to yourself and go, wow, I can't really. <laughs> and then you just la- kind of like laugh and minimize the situation and kind of just turn it into a humorous one like yep. anima klutz. And then you just pick up the shards and then your family sees dad turned these moments where people get mad into like these light situations where he Mm -hmm. just kind of laughed at it and then that again steals this mannerism into your kids when tough things happen you kind of just laugh at it and make light of it you know what i mean you don't have to get all upset but i I fall victim to my flesh all the time so i'm not perfect (laughs) in my advice or suggestions but (laughs) nobody is nobody is and and it you know it it's important to think about the ways that we have been deficient in the past and highlight them acknowledge them and and move forward that's that's ultimately what we all need to do as men and of course women need to do that too uh i just think it's a little bit harder for some men to do that with the kind of with the lack of uh good male role models that we've had you know there's there's very very few of them these days compared to what would have been in the past it, it, the one good way to humble yourself in that way is just like are you perfect no so then what's like the thing you suck at the most and then you're gonna have to think about this yourself rebuke yourself find the thing you suck at the most and just give it a little bit of work and you just reflect on your character and it'll just kind of help you with different things but all mm-hmm. right let's go to another thing um all right so this is a, a kind of we kind of just talked about it but this one's going to be coping skills. Fathers have a definite big role in teaching their sons like how to cope with different things like the loss of a loved one, when your car when you when you crash a car and you lost that that all that investment that $10,000, $20,000 car and now it's like a a $5,000 check from the insurance company or whatever it is. So, um how can um what does it look like when fathers help their sons um learn coping skills? Yeah, uh I I think that that kind of all gets rolled up into one. So, you know, you, you, the similar way you cope with hitting that pipe is, is how you're going to kind of cope with a lot of bad news. And the, and the first thing is to, is to not just immediately break down, right? Like a lot of people want to just immediately break down and, and act emotionally and, and just stop what they're doing. Uh, depending on the situation that may, that might be okay. But in a lot of situations, you actually need to know how to, uh, be calm in the face of these problems, right? So the bowl, dropping a a glass bowl and breaking the glass, it's not good for you to break down for 30 minutes after that happens and not pick up the glass because the dog might come walking through the room and get a piece of glass in its paw, okay? And so, so you need to figure out how to properly respond to these problems. And so you might not like that you just dropped this glass bowl. You might be embarrassed, but the first thing you need to do is brush over and grab the broom and start picking up the pieces so that other people don't get hurt. And that's true of all sorts of different scenarios, whether it be a physical bowl that you broke, whether it be you said something mean to somebody. If you if you said something mean to somebody and then you get emotional because you feel bad about what you said, that's just two people that are now inconsolable and upset and it just leads to more problems. Where if you're aware of your emotions and and the ways that you might react to a situation uh and you say that thing you can then just be quiet for a little bit re calm yourself down and then uh, get back to the situation and deal with it properly so 
All right, and we have a time for about one more, and I'm going to throw this to you, Ryan. I uh, We can go left or right here. So would you mm -hmm. want to cover ind independence and autonomy or mentorship and the importance of teaching other people something? And so with mentorship, you can talk about, say, you have two sons, an older one and a younger one, and because the older one has been taught by the father, he learns how to teach because he's been taught, something like that, and then independence and autonomy and having agency and stuff like that. You can choose how you want to roll with that. Um. You know, I'm just going to kind of say that it's all kind of rolled up into one. So, you know, we're not really taught anywhere that we're supposed to be independent. So we're, we're supposed to be able to take care of ourselves, okay? But no one is truly independent of anyone else, okay? I need you to be able to do this podcast. Uh, I need other human beings in order to be able to do the job that I do. We all we need, need Jesus Christ to get to the Father. Exactly. Right. So in every scenario, there's there's other people that we need to be dependent on. So there is no truly independent person, except maybe a guy by themselves on on a desert island. And even they're dependent on Christ for salvation. Right. So there's no true independence. What it really is, is it's it's not being overly dependent on anything. And so having a a wrong attitude towards something or a wrong attitude towards someone depending on that too much for your own emotional stability those sorts of things are issues and so what what we need to do is as fathers and as men is we need to show our our family how to depend on other people properly and how they can depend on you properly and so that's that's why it's important that men have good friendships with other men and other families so you can see that family coming to you for for help in their problems you go to them for help in your problems and everyone works together not in a in a you know in a bad way obviously you're not you shouldn't be depending on this other family for everything but there are certain proper things to depend on other people for and i think that in our society a lot of especially masculine men are like, I need to do it on my own. I'm a big macho guy. I don't need anybody. And it's just like, you, well, everybody you needs somebody. To your family and stuff. Yeah. And, and so teach, but, but teaching kids the proper way to do it and not being a burden on people. That's, that's the real thing that we need to be able to teach our children is how not to be a burden. And, and yeah. Right. What like you, like can can you um stretch that out a bit what does it mean to be a burden on somebody so else? Like, what 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 i was imagining as i was saying that was someone that always goes to some okay uh earlier we talked about how my dad looked exactly like ned flanders um okay let's let's take a look at that actual relationship so the the problem with the ned flanders homer simpson relationship is homer is 100 percent of a burden on ned okay and so he asks him for everything. All he the time. asks him for everything all the time and refuses to do anything in return. And there's a lot of people that are like that, where they ask for a lot of stuff and they return very little. And so I'm not saying that it needs to be one for one in all of your relationships. I, like I don't keep a track record of everything that I've done for you. And I don't think you keep a track record of everything that you've done for me. And at the end of the week, we have to make sure that those are, accounts are equal and I've done the same number of things for you that you've done oh, for me. No. That would be ridiculous. I but, don't like relationships like that in general. Like <laughs> No, of course not. That that's that's a ridiculous version of a of a equal relationship. But what you want to do is be like, "Hey, Austin, can you help me with something?" And then whenever you say, "Hey, Ryan, can you help me with something?" we we reciprocate and we help each other out. But it's not too much. And so that's that's why 
you need to be careful about what you're doing with other people because your kids are going to be watching that. And so when you go and you act like, like a Homer with your Ned neighbor. Okay. And you don't ever do anything in return for him. Your kids are going to model that. And they're going to then go and abuse the other relationships in their lives in the same kind of ways, generally. And, and not reciprocate that um, mm-hmm. back and forth kind of tit for tat thing or the quid pro quo as far as like, um, hey, I have this tool you asked to borrow. Um, or, and essentially, if you need something, I got you. I hope if I need something, you got me kind of thing. Yeah. But we're not constantly asking well, each other for things. It's only if we need to, like something that, that, along those lines. And that's why a properly functioning family and, and that is so important. So let's say that I need to go, let's say that my neighbor has a jackhammer and I need to go borrow a jackhammer for a day. And I'm a complete dope. I just got done jackhammering all day and I returned it to the guy, but I forgot to thank him properly or whatever. If you have a a wife that's properly doing her part, she's going to have baked a tray of cookies to bring over to their family and thank them for allowing us to borrow their jackhammer. And so and that small act of kindness is like, man, the Johnsons are so nice. Look, mm-hmm. they gave us cookies for asking to use our jackhammer. Like that was really nice of them. Like, yeah. like casserole or something. <laughs> like exactly. <laughs> and so, so you don't A always have cake? to be. And so you're not always going to be perfect in the way that you reciprocate these these things with your neighbors. But what your children need to see is that someone in the family is taking care of those things and that there isn't just a we take mentality it's a we take and we give and we try to spread the the love and the care yeah. and the community around and so that's yeah. that's ultimately what and it's so sad that we have to have these discussions like we do today because it's so lacking in our society we we don't know our neighbors anymore we don't like the Amish we taught we hear about barn raisings do you know what I'm talking about when I say a barn raising yeah, um, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, they can they can knock one out in like twenty four hours. It's well, but but literally the whole community for free comes together and helps build a because barn. Because it's Ted's turn mm-hmm. or it's Ezekiel's turn. Yes. Right? Like... <laughs> well, well, no, it's it's not even that necessarily his turn. It's because his burned down yesterday. Literally, like oh, those so sorts they of act things. Like a body. That's yeah. awesome. So like That's Ted's, awesome. you know, Ted's Ted's mule kicked over the lantern and burned the. The barn down yesterday so this weekend we got to go over and do a barn raising for him or he's gonna have to keep the the goats and the the cows in his kitchen for another week right like hey, attention christian <laughs> church don't let amish put us to shame all right we need to step in when our christian brothers and sisters have stuff going on like that <laughs> and, and I, I i think that a lot of churches do um i think that there's a lot more affluence in churches these days and what does so that mean the, i don't even know what that word means. uh uh, uh pros- prosperity they're they're oh, okay. they're they're richer. We're richer these days, and okay. so because of our wealth, we don't all have to show up and physically help. We all give money to churches, and we kind of see things behind the scenes a lot more. I'm not yeah. saying that's a good or bad thing. I think that there's probably some scenarios where we need to show up physically to do things more often. Uh, like for example, one of my old churches, we would go and they'd have a work day where the men would show up. And instead of paying a landscaping company to come through and trim all the trees, the men in the, the church men would show up. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's yeah. super cool. And then they bring their sons. Yep. And they get to work with their dads. That's exactly. So cool. And so even if you don't have a home, it's also a place where your kids can learn those basic skills of how to repair a sprinkler and how do you trim a tree. And like if you live in you an know. apartment where there's like a management mm-hmm. landscaping company, you never have to deal with that problem. And yeah. So but your kids go to the church and mess with yeah. that. Yeah. 
exactly. And so there are still things that we do that are like barn raisings, and there's probably more that we could look into, uh, but we just don't see it as much anymore, and it's kind of more behind the scenes because a lot of it's just taking care with money. You know, it doesn't make yeah. sense to have pastors. Uh, what I'm guessing happens in a lot of churches, mine included probably, is it probably doesn't make sense to have a pastor burdened with having to coordinate a work day. And then it's just That's easier why... to pay a gardener a hundred bucks a month to come by and take care of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just yeah. so I understand where churches go and how this, these things happen, but uh, there's other ways that we can come together as a community and, and give our, you know, to do that. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're just over two hours now. And uh, I think that pretty well answers the question, unless you had some follow-ups for me. No, I'm just going to end end plugs. So um, go ahead and comment on any of the stream stuff or any of our YouTube videos to enter yourself into the raffle for yes. the Apostles Attic t-shirt giveaway. Um, and or then my text. Name's... Yep, sorry. Yeah, or, or text. Text us at 833-262-6431. And uh, who are you again? <laughs> my name is austin um i i've co-founded apostles attic which is a christ-centered clothing line and in anything other than that like social wise you'll just see me here on faithful dialogues which we're pretty much on everything other and then it's faith dialogues on twitter mm -hmm. and then what about you ryan uh who did you co-found that with austin i don't know if you've ever mentioned that <sighs> it's my wife's guy oh your wife's yeah. guy so um <laughs> all of all of the, the the graphics that you see, like the faithful dialogues up top, with the cool fonts right here, um, the the backgrounds, everything. Like basically, I do nothing other than tell her, "Hey, I need this done," and then she does it with her awesome magic, and then gets it done for me. And that's so she is a very massive help to me. I can just delegate things to her, and she takes care of them for me, and I don't have to uh, get bogged down with that, you know? So that's yeah. super cool. And I'm, I'm very thankful for the work that she's put in and making the art and the graphics and everything else. And yeah, thanks a lot, Sky. You're a, a very much appreciated part of this podcast, even though you haven't actually been on it yet. And if you ever want to, you're, you're more than welcome as far as I'm concerned. Do you want to uh, say hi? She just says no. That's fine. <laughs> she can do whatever she wants. Um, <laughs> And my name's Ryan. Uh, I am, uh, my personal stuff can all be found at AIIW.org. Uh, I've been trying to spread the gospel online for about a year and a half now and uh, had a little bit of success in some different platforms. And I hope that you come join me and see some of the reaction videos that I make. Uh, it's popping on Twitter or on, on TikTok. <laughs> both, actually. <laughs> both now. I'm starting to pop off a little bit on both. Nice. So praise God. You, I, 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 yeah, praise God. Yeah, I'm I'm real thankful, and uh, I just I, I hope that there's people coming to Christ because of me showing up. That's that's all I can ask for, right? Yeah, and in closing, once again, um, we believe that God created everything, spoke to human beings through His Word, and that He stepped into His creation as the person Jesus Christ, allowed His life to be a sacrifice on the cross. That should we believe in Jesus Christ and have faith in Him, that we shouldn't perish as the bible puts it but have eternal life and that basically means that when we die we're not going to be separated from him and so that's a lot of christianese there but if you put your faith in jesus you go to heaven is kind of what i'm saying here so <laughs> amen all right everybody i hope that you have a good week uh i think that we're looking at switching the days to be discussed to wednesday uh is that where we landed yeah we're gonna 
for now, um, with my job situation, um, they're, they're going to want me to be on day shift pretty soon. So that might change, but then we might also just figure that out. But for now, it's gonna we're going to try to aim for Wednesdays. So you're most likely going to see something either Saturday, Sunday, and then definitely Wednesday. So that's okay. kind of what, what we're looking at right now. Perfect. You can expect us on Wednesday or Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, so I hope that uh, that you enjoy us everywhere. Uh, we're everywhere that podcasts are. We're YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, uh, Facebook, TikTok, all over the place. So thanks for joining us, and I hope that you have a wonderful week. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.